This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. What are the chances we put a bet on something today? Depends how old you are. It's a good point. But we'd have to put multiple bets down a day to be able to... In order to, in order to put... To, to, to really, really grab the essence of this Kayshawn Booty story. This is just fantastic. I know we got a lot to get to, but this is just cra- this is wild. Absolutely crazy. Not only the number of bets. I-, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I saw this story yesterday like everybody else. And I was like, man, all I want to know is what specifically was this dude betting on? Now, I know there were a couple of like prop bets he was betting himself on himself. We'll get to it all. But I can guarantee you this guy. Legendary status. All right, there's a uh, lot. Oh, and by the way, good morning. Yeah, good morning. There's lots <laughs> to peel through this uh, bootie. A member of the New England Patriots didn't play much last year. Got into only a couple of games, made two catches. He was a pretty good receiver at uh, LSU, to be honest about it. But yeah, he's been charged uh, under the age in Louisiana. You have to be what 21. He was 20, although he circumvented that. The, the thing is, when you look at the numbers of bets he put down, and they're, they're estimating over 8,900, yeah. of which 17 were on college football games and then six on LSU games, the the penalties, though, Mark, when you look at it, are not that severe. I mean, if he's found – you know how they call the maximum? The maximum prison time is just six months. The maximum fine is $1,000. And, again, it comes down to the fact that he was underage. Now, is gambling prevalent? Yeah, we know it is. It's the basis for sports these days. It's what gets fans really into it. And that's why you get a lot of social media when maybe a team – Maybe a, a fan's team wins, but they don't win by enough. And we often talk about, did they cover the point spread? Should we be surprised these days that athletes are involved? I'm not, because we see it now that we've seen the NFL suspend players for bets. But, um, you know, did Boutte do, do anything differently that at others aren't? Maybe to the extreme of 8,900 bets. I mean, who keeps track of that? But, Mark, I would have to say I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of more athletes that are involved in uh, betting, especially how easy it is now with draft, you know, all this other stuff, you know, all the stuff that's out there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think the, I think what really caught people's attention was just his complete and total disregard for even trying to hide it. Like his usernames were like Kayshawn Booty One or something. It was like he, he just... He's just like, I don't care. Here's what I'm doing. And if you catch me, then fine. And I don't know exactly where the line is to um, to which automatically makes you an gambling addict. But 8,900 in a year? In a year. In a year. I couldn't do anything 8,900 times in a year. And, and like, what is there anything you couldn't do? Or you, is there anything you could do that would be considered normal if you did it 8,900 times in 365 days? I have two questions that I would really want to know. Number one, did he win? Was he winning anything? Because that also 
factors into penalties. Okay, did he win? Number two, I think, and, he, I think and you I'm, brought up. Go ahead. I'm you brought sorry. up a good point about is he an addict? Okay, that's a lot. But <laughs> after they they say the time period, there was a year time period. Did he stop? Do you automatically stop if you're if you're into a habitual gambling? How can you? It's like alcoholism or drugs or anything like that. How do you stop? I mean, you don't go to Gamblers Anonymous or anything like that. So, was there anything beyond that, or did they just not worry about it when he turned 21? Yeah, I don't know. Someone in the app already said victimless crime probation. Maybe so. I, I pretty think much the extreme numbers is what catches people's yeah. eyes. Like uh, there was a, I think there was a report where. Uh, he he deposited more than like six figures. I mean, dude was just throwing just throwing money. Now you wonder where the money was coming from because he wasn't getting the pros, and he I don't know if he got that much, uh, you know, with with New England. So where was the money coming from? Uh, we weren't really knee deep into NIL at that time, I don't think, or maybe we were because you know there was talk about him leaving early to go to the uh, NFL. Uh, he stuck around for another year and. But again, it's a misdemeanor. So, you know, if you look at it that, it's a misdemeanor that doesn't seem too serious. But on the other hand, $8,900 worth of gambling in just one year. Bet. Now, here's the other thing, too. How can the league not do anything if he bet? Well, actually, he bet on LSU. So I'm sorry that yeah, I, I, I rephrased that. I don't there's nothing to indicate that he was betting on the New England Patriots or this or that. But and speaking about betting. But what what is that? What is he thinking, though? When that whole Calvin Ridley thing came down, right? Remember, dude was suspended for a year in about that same time. You know, Mark, I, I can't speak. I was never an elite athlete, never close. <laughs> but I, I've always felt that there are certain athletes out there that just feel they're above and beyond all yeah. that, that they're elitist. It's just a wild story. Yeah, it, it's that they, they're, they're, they're not prone to stuff like that. And what one, what one athlete does does not apply to me, and they won't catch me. I'm too clever. I'll I'll avoid the system. I'll get by. Well, he didn't, and we'll see what the penalties are going to be. But again, it's just, it's just a misdemeanor. But I wonder, even though this occurred prior to the NFL, will the NFL take any action? And really, the guy's a non-factor. Yeah. Speaking about bets, any bets on whether Belichick gets to be a head coach? It doesn't look good. Yeah. The um there there seems to be more uh more candidates and there seem to be openings now and what a crazy in potential into a a a, a football coaching career if Belichick doesn't get uh, a job here. I, I think everybody just assumed he would. Absolutely. When he when he parted company with the Patriots, it was a given. That he was going to be coaching in the NFL, and and there were all kinds of narratives about he'll coach at Washington, he'll coach at Atlanta, he'll be here, he'll be there. Well, right now the door is almost closed. You got Washington and Seattle. He hasn't, as far as I know, interviewed for either job, and and interviewing twice with Atlanta. Apparently, uh, the owner wanted him, but. Here was the stumbling point. Rich McKay, who's the CEO of operations for the Atlanta Falcons and very close to uh, Blanks, the owner of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. If Belichick had come in, it does not appear that he wanted to relinquish GM duties with coaching duties. I think if Belichick had made it very, very clear, I'm only here to coach. You guys run the front office. So let's say he had been hired. Blanks wanted him, but McKay and the others didn't. It would have had to then change the structure of authority on top. In other words, if Belichick came in, what does that do to McKay? What does yeah. that do to the other 
people who had been in that organization for a number of times that to delete from their authority, that would Belichick just take over the entire operation? What would we be doing with the rest of those guys? Yeah. Uh, I I was – I don't know if I was surprised. I was probably – I was probably more surprised that uh, Raheem Morris got the Falcons job. I was more surprised about that than I was that Belichick didn't, if that makes sense. Mark, the NFL is ecstatic over what's been going on. We've had like a, about the minorities now uh, with the Mayo at New England, uh, Raheem Morris, who once coached the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. I had forgotten that. No, he had also me. was interim coach with the uh, Falcons. So he's he's had a history with, John, with McKay, Rich McKay, and also with the organization. Uh, the new coach at uh, Carolina. He's Mexican-American. So behind the scenes, privately, now you're seeing stories come out. Hey, the NFL's getting it right. Uh, they're they're hiring minorities now. I think they're up to nine out of the 32 jobs. We've got two more openings. Um, uh, Rabel still doesn't have a job. Uh, Belichick doesn't have a job. The only one of the names so far is Harbaugh, who's now with the uh, Chargers. And I don't think uh, Pete Carroll's going to wind up going anywhere outside of Seattle. He'll just stay there as a consultant right now. All right, uh, you guys can jump in. 694-1055 is the number. Got a number of uh, guests coming up. Well, we still got some other headlines to get to, but it seems like a good point. Um, we're going to talk to Paul Feinbaum coming up at 7 o'clock. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, speaking of the NFL, set to join us at 8 o'clock. He'll give us his thoughts on this weekend's games. Uh, we'll do our Miller Lite Golf Report in hour number three as well. You got to get you qualified for the Francia's Formal Affairs Tales giveaway, uh, and then also uh, we're um, going to do our daily dose of fried deliciousness. Uh, we might do that one early too. You know, and, and this one's on you. Uh, you oh. wanted you wanted either true or false or numbers. Yay! You're getting a numbers today. It may keep him on the phone for a while, but he'll, at least he'll get us get him out of our hair. On a true false? No, this is not true. This is numbers. Oh, I don't I, think anyone asks for numbers. Mark Mark off up. the air said he uh, would. Why don't you go numbers or true or false? True or false is too easy. Yeah, that's because because I'm a man of the people. I want to give give them cake, Shervanian. <laughs> is that uh, Mardi Gras cake, king cake? Yeah, king sure. Cake? It's Friday, guys. Can't you tell? All right, uh, we come back with your scoreboard traffic and weather and your phone calls at six nine four one zero five five. It's the opening kickoff. This is Jake Tilford, All right, 618, welcome back in the uh, opening kickoff. Just getting started on a Friday. Thanks for hanging with us. If you don't mind, just two quick stories. Okay. Uh, Nick Dunlap. Golfer South uh, at Alabama, sophomore, uh, announced he is turning pro immediately. He is not going to play out this season with the golf team. He is going to make his first appearance February 1st in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So he's out. Uh, we wish him success. And the other story, a huge upset yesterday at the Australian Open. I know we really haven't been following it day to day. But Novak Djokovic uh, was upset in the semis. He had like a 33 winning match streak going. He was seeking his 11th championship at the Australian Open and uh, he was defeated in the semifinal round. So I wanted to get back to this Kayshawn Booty story because he created a FanDuel account, right? Uh, he used the f a fake name. I guess he thought he was being cute. But um, his username <laughs> 
was his own. Uh, and he used his mom's credit card. So I'm sure mom's not thrilled. Um, so he wagered um, just shy of like a 450 grand. Uh, and he won more than 385. So he was actually, he actually lost somewhere about 60 or 80K. But his usernames were like Kayshawn Booty 7 and Kayshawn Booty 01. But he used a fake name in creating the account, which doesn't make any sense. So he's like one of the dumbest criminals ever. Well, when it comes to gambling, I'm so ignorant. So where you mentioned he, he lost, right? Yeah, he did use a couple of props. So where, do, yeah, but where does that money come from? He did he have it? Was it from his mom? Uh, In I other was, words, when you're betting like that, sooner or later you have to pay off. Right. I guess they charge the credit card. Michael, you're a gambler. What what's the deal on that? Hypothetically. Hypothetically, you have to make a deposit to an account if it's illegal. Well, with a Vandal account, you would you would yeah. deposit so, into the account. So yeah, I mean the money had to be deposited. All of like four hundred fifty thousand. I think he deposited like a hundred something thousand. Okay, so what happens though when you're in the red? You know, you're you're you owe. So what happens then? Do you, where do you get the money? How do they take it from you? You deposit an amount of money, and that's the money you have to play with. I didn't know and if it's... Once it's at zero, it's at zero. I didn't know if it's the old days where they send... Some I don't hard know. piping mothers over to take a... No, where they send the guy with the, the baseball bat. And yeah, some hard piping they mothers. They do that. Yeah. Demand On the money. FanDuel, at least. So he had an eight-leg parlay. With himself involved. With two prop bets on him. He hit the under on both. Yeah. He, uh, I think it was 82 and a half yards or something on one and yeah. an anytime touchdown. <laughs> so and, and this was on the LSU either. games? That Yeah, those were the two that were I think were that was reported. the opener against Florida State yeah. last year, not this year. So he didn't do well betting on LSU then? No, he never really. Once Jaden Daniels got there, he, he kind of started to fade a little bit. I mean, he was a good player. but No, no, I'm talking about betting-wise. Did he do well? I'm not talking about his performance no, on the field. No, he uh, well, he did do well. He just used the money to make more bets. Yeah, he just kept feeding the monster. Like like I said, I think ultimately he lost 60 or 80K, which isn't, in the grand scheme of thing, a whole lot of money considering, you know, you've done almost a half million in, in, in gambling. But he ran the balance from like 100-something to 500-something. So he was pretty good <laughs> for a while there. That, that, but then he kept using said balance to... Uh, I mean, and who knows if he ever emptied the account. Yeah, now, I don't know. back in May, according to reports, I mean, Guy signed, what, it was a $4 million deal? Uh, uh, whatever, a sixth-round pick is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got a four-year, $4 million deal. So, you know, you lose six year 80 k over the span of how, a year. It's probably just entertainment well, do, expenses. Do we believe that he has stopped gambling now? Uh, and and does the NFL get involved in this? Considering he's turned himself in, I would say yes. I don't know what happened at the end of that year. I don't see how you, Michael. I, you can answer this. You can't just shut it off, can you? Gambling? What in do you general? mean? Gambling. gambling. Like in a, I mean, if you're gambling that much over a whole year, can you just all of a sudden say I'm stopping? I I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask Sean Butte that. Well, I'm asking you because you do gamble, you wager. <laughs> you keep saying that. I, I mean, that's not really true. But I'm sorry, it's not true. Then, I mean, I'm not talking. You're not. I'm not putting you in that 
category with him. Seems I'm just like saying. You are. Well, I, if I did, I apologize to you. All right, on the air, I'm apologizing. Wow. All right, I'm just saying. Since I'm not well versed in gambling, <laughs> I just find it hard to believe yeah, let's that you could go the, a full let's year. Ask the resident degenerate, what he thinks about this? Pretty much what you said, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, if, it just seems to me if you're going to bet what eighty nine hundred times over one year period, how yeah, do, it's how like do you just shut it off? bets a day. I, I don't know. That's a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, some of our listeners uh, have an answer. Can you just shut it off like a faucet? Just turn it off. I don't know if there's any evidence. I haven't seen any evidence either way that he was or wasn't betting in the NFL, but it's a fair point. Is there anything anybody could do 22 times a day? I mean, you even go, seriously. Place bets on FanDuel. I mean, I, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you think of anything you could do 20, that, yeah, that you would actually do 22 times a day? At my age, the restroom. But I drink too much water. You don't in the go 22 times no, a day. No, no not, not that many, but it's, it's over 10. And it, look, there are things you could probably do 22 times in a day. But you're not doing it every day for a year. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's the that's what makes this story so wild, guys. Is the amount of bets. It's not even the the amount he's lost or he put in. It was just the 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 frequency in which he did it. It's it's crazy. That and the fact that he used his own name and the username. But um, it just that's could a, you could he have used story. a totally different name and gotten away with it? He could have used a totally different name. Unlikely in this day and age, he would have gotten away with it because it would have gotten. Is it that easy though? Like, if you're underage, to f get on there and and circumvent the age, and so that's what. Yeah. That's where the the major so. issue is right now is the age that he was uh, underage. Yeah, that was surprising to me. I, I don't know how he was able to do that. Yeah. So is he going to become a pretty good receiver for the Patriots? I don't think so. <laughs> is he going to be suspended? I don't know. I mean, I I don't. Think, uh, these are not questions you have answers. I'm just raising these questions because the NFL takes a dim eye to betting, as you know, although that's what drives the NFL. I don't think you can suspend him for what he did in college, but... Well, don't you think they're going to have people now looking into this well, to see sure, if this well, happened sure, with yeah. the New England Patriots? He, he, he had a pretty disappointing rookie year. He was a six-round pick, granted, but... He didn't play a lot. You know, speaking, I brought this up yesterday. You know, we talked about transfers, speaking about disappointing. And, you know, I mentioned in an overview, look, I know that there's been some Alabama players who have left the program and probably done well. I mentioned Alvin Kamara. I'm, I'm sure I, obviously Jalen Hurts for that one year. But uh, more times than not, there's stories about Alabama players who leave the school enter the portal and go on and don't do anything. And the latest, and it was written up today, on Saturday down south, Jamil Burroughs, who was, I, I guess, one of those four-star linemen, had a uh, confrontation with an Alabama uh, assistant or something to that degree, so he entered the portal. He went to Miami. So the story today is he is back in the portal. He didn't even play a down for Miami this past year. So don't go in the portal? Yeah. It's easy to say. I mean, you know, you know how it is today that this, I think, was a little bit different, according to Saturday Down South, that he had kind of a confrontation with an assistant coach. So I don't know if he was kind of asked to leave or if the door was open and the coaches suggested he go through it. 
So it's hard to, uh, but I mean, and then you transfer to Miami and you don't even get on the playing field. Yeah, one one we didn't mention the other day, Lee, was if you remember Drew Sanders, the linebacker, had a really good season at Arkansas after leaving Alabama because there really just wasn't a spot for him with Dallas Turner and Will Anderson, and uh, he ended up getting drafted in the NFL. I think he's on the Broncos. I mean, there are examples like that. Treshawn Holden had a okay year for Oregon. Kyrie Jackson had a really good year for Oregon. Uh, but no, to your point, when you're transferring out almost 20 guys a year yes like 15 of them aren't, aren't gonna work but out once you make an effort sanders was good you can never have enough to me you know in depth and so forth and you know there have been years where alabama uh, alabama's been snake bit with injuries to linebackers and again i don't know the story about him leaving and you're right he did have a very good year uh year with the arkansas but don't you try to keep a player of that caliber around knowing, look, okay, yeah, we have some good linebackers, but, you know, there's always room for more. Yeah, no, I'm sure you do try to keep them around, but ultimately it was in his best interest to transfer. So, uh, Getting some reports about a bad wreck on airport at Smoke Rise. Uh, not, don't have a whole lot of information, but we appreciate our listener chiming in with that. So if you're in that area, be advised. Uh, we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about high school sports, specifically Ryan Williams. Uh, with a man who has been uh, covering it for, uh, well, since the get-go. So uh, Ben Thomas is going to join us next. Paul Feinbaum at 7 o'clock. Uh, we got a lot going on here on our Friday. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's your Suddenly, chance. We're going early. A little daily dose of fried I need and fries in front of So uh, in, I'm trying to accommodate Mark, and he said, look, just get away from the way you're asking. Maybe go true or false or numbers. So here's your question. With the playoffs coming up this weekend in the NFL, and by the way, both games will be carried on WNSP this coming Sunday. So the team that has been in the most National Football League title games, not the Super Bowl, but the title games is San Francisco. How many times have they been in the NFC title game? If you know the number, Michael Bronner's waiting for you at 694-1055. Just give him the number. We know it's the 49ers. All right. We're so pleased to be joined now by... Uh, we're waiting on it. Oh, we're waiting on Ben. Yeah. Okay. Well, we hope to get him on real soon. AL.com. He covers high school like nobody's business. Uh, he knows what's going on with just about anybody. Uh, the latest, of course, uh, with Ryan Williams and the interview that uh, Ben did with Ryan Williams after his... A uh, little trip to uh, Alabama kept us abreast as to what's going on. So Ben's on with us now. Ben, good morning. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this uh, it's morning? It's great to hear your voice on uh, the opening kickoff. So take us through the uh, Ryan Williams saga as far as, you know, the interviews you did with him. And at what point did you have a, a feeling at one point that you knew he was going to recommit to Alabama? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, but this week, I mean, not not long term. I mean, if you'd asked me last Friday what's going to happen, I would have said it's mo- more likely he's going to probably commit to Auburn and wait till February 9th to do it. But I did go over there Monday uh, and talk to him, uh, sat down with him for a few minutes, and you could kind of tell that it was just wearing on him. I mean, he had to visit. He was going to go to Texas this week. He was going to go to Auburn next week and then not sign until February 9th, and he just looked tired. I mean, it just looked like, you know, I think it wore on him a little bit more than maybe he thought it would uh, to begin with. And so I kind of began to get the feeling that this is not going to last. This is not going to go through the through the ninth. And, um, and ended, so that was Monday. And then kind of, you know, he canceled. It came out, that he, I guess, Tuesday night that he canceled his visit to Texas. And then I really thought, okay, is he still going to go to Auburn? Uh you know, what's going to happen here. And then all day Wednesday, I just felt like something was coming. Uh, and then it finally did. Obviously, at five, he recommitted to Alabama. I don't, you know, when he decommitted, not many people who decommit from a school end up going to that same school, uh, at least, you know, out of high school recruiting. Now we have the transfer portal and all that stuff. But um, so I think I would have been surprised when he decommitted with Nick Saban, uh, not there anymore, that he, he was going to go back to Alabama. But it just, he went to Tuscaloosa last weekend. His buddy, Jay, and then Bakway, who beat him, ironically, in the uh, 6A championship game, uh, I think was really putting the pressure on him. I think he just wanted to get it done. Um, and that's uh, so that's what he did, recommitted to Alabama. And I think that's going to, I mean, you know, until February 7th at least, you know, people could still be involved in it. But it seems like to me that he's shutting it down and he's made his decision, and, and that's going to be that. In our discussion on the morning show, we raised the point how much, if any, did NIL weigh into this? Uh, how much do you know about that? Do you think NIL was the deciding factor, or were there other factors involved? I don't think it was the deciding factor. I have no idea what, what his NIL is going to be. I mean, certainly that's out there, uh, Lee, for any any of these guys, Micah DuBose or Viger and all these, especially all these high four or five-star prospects uh, in, in our state and around the country. It's certainly in there. My guess is that was not the determining factor. You know, he had, all, he had been committed to Alabama for almost a year before he decommitted. I think it was kind of always Alabama um, until Coach Saban left. And, and I do think, you know, maybe the whole part of him decommitting had something to do with NIL because, you know, those Texas schools, we know he had Texas and Texas A&M on his list. We know they have more money than, than most schools. Um, I'm sure Auburn had some type of NIL package for him. I, I think I just think in the end he felt more comfortable at Alabama. Um, that's where in his head he was going the whole time and, uh, you know, his buddies there in Bakway. And I just think uh, – I, I don't think NIL was the deciding factor for him. Ben Thomas, our guest here on WNSP, uh, my colleague over at AL.com. Uh, yeah, I was kind of told NIL was not really the issue. I, reading between the lines, it, it sounds like relationships were, right? So Saban leaves, so there's there's some questions there. Obviously, I think anybody would have those questions, uh, but I, I think those got reestablished with DeBoer. With that, there, was a, there was a time in all this where Auburn really seemed to be trending uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't know. It all blends together now, Ben. Was that was there a legitimate shot, you think, in, in your, your conversations with him that, that it, there was a, a chance he could wind up on the planes at some point in all this? I think so. I mean, Mark, for, for the longest time, everybody that asked me that question said he's going to go to – I said he's going to go to Alabama. But, uh, you know, he did visit Auburn a lot, which – 
um, you know, caused some concern, I'm sure, for the Alabama folks. Uh, and it was a good sign for Auburn, even though he ends up going to Alabama, because those guys weren't going to Auburn in the Brian Harson. You know, there weren't uh, there weren't all those visits to Auburn. So Hugh Freeze, even though he didn't get this one, has changed uh, the dynamics uh, at Auburn for sure. Uh, you know, they were pushing that Freeze five narrative with the the four receivers they already have, plus Ryan Williams. Uh, I think he likes it there. Uh, I just think. In the end, he felt more comfortable at Alabama. And, you know, if you he never told me this, but, I mean, if you look at the quarterback situation, especially next year, you know, you got Jalen Milrow, a Heisman finalist, or, you know, finished fifth, sixth, whatever he finished in the Heisman, coming back for Alabama versus Peyton Thorne, who, you know, let's be honest, is pretty inconsistent for Auburn. I mean, you got to like it a little bit better, at least for the next year uh, at Alabama. So I, he, never, he, he never told me that, but I just think – like I said, he looked worn out on Monday, and he I'm, I think he was getting it from every angle, uh, not just talking to these coaches, but also, you know, he was telling me that signees and commitments and current players at each of these schools were hitting him up all the time. He said, uh, when we were talking, he said, yeah, that's Arch Manning texting me right there, asking me if I'm still coming. Yeah. You know, so you can imagine how how taxing that would be in the long run, I think. Listening to your interview, and I found it uh, interesting where you asked him about Texas. This was before he canceled and asked him if Lacey's going to make the trip, his quarterback at Sarah Land. And obviously when you talk about, oh, what's a good term to use trying to influence rather than using another word, you would think that Lacey was trying to draw him to Texas. Uh, I want. What do you think about Lacey's commitment to Texas? How strong do you think that is right now, the quarterback at Sarah Land? Well, I haven't talked to KJ lately. I'll probably talk to him. We're having our Mr. Football Banquet, Alabama Sports Writers Mr. Football Banquet on Tuesday. Uh, I'll try and talk to him then. I mean, he's still, you know, if you look at social media and everything, he's still all Longhorns. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't think the Nick Saban staff was that high. I don't know. I don't want to say was that high on him. I'm not sure how hotly they pursued KJ uh, in that regime. Now, uh, Coach DeBoer, you know, that that staff may really want him, and he, they may put the pressure on him. Would that be enough for him to flip? I don't know. Um, but right now I think he's uh, he's happy with Texas, and, of course, he's still got another year. So it's a, it's a long and winding road to get to that point. I don't, I don't think there's any chance that he reclassifies. You know, that's a crazy thing. I mean, Ryan Williams won't even be 17 until next month. Yeah. I mean, this is a 16-year-old that's uh, been going through that, and really has happened in the last – two years i mean you know we didn't know much about ryan williams you know two years ago and then he had that unbelievable season of one mr football and and now he's i mean i think i I wrote a column a couple weeks ago i think he's one of the top high school football players i've ever covered in 30 something years maybe the the best um just uh, you guys have seen him on the field he's so electric he's nothing phases him and whether he's in a state championship game or all-star venue he just he just sticks out. You just say that's the best guy, um, and so it's just um, I, I, we'll see what KJ does. But uh, I think Ryan is done now. Is Ryan Williams the prohibitive favorite to win Mister Football again next Tuesday? Well, that's a good question, Lee. I mean, I think um, I think a couple of things. I think 
a lot of people think it's either going to be him or Jalen Mbakwe, who I mentioned, who was the quarterback for Clay Chalk. Well, it's not really a quarterback. He won't be a quarterback at Alabama, but he played quarterback for Clay this week, this year, and helped them win the state championship. Uh, a lot of people think it's one of those two guys who met in the state championship game. There's a couple of other contenders in my mind. Cam Coleman, the wide receiver from Central Phoenix City, who uh, is already at Auburn, the Auburn signee. Alvin Henderson is a junior running back for Elba, who ran for – I think 60-something touchdowns this year, 3,000 yards. But uh, it seems like it's trending toward Jalen or Ryan. Uh, you know, do you base that on who won the championship game? Is that a deciding factor? We'll have to see. But one thing to note on that is there. So there's we we what we do in the Sports Writers Association is we have three finalists for back and lineman of the year in each category. Uh, so the finalists in the Class 6A back of the year category are the three guys we just mentioned: Ryan Williams, KJ Lacey two Saraland guys, and Jalen Mbakwe. Uh, and so you have to win your category to be able to be even be eligible for Mr. Football, per se. So whoever's not the back of the year in Class 6A is not going to be Mr. Football because they weren't back of the year in their own classification. Now, that that's not saying the, the Mr. Football is definitely going to be the 6A back of the year, but um, one of those guys will be eliminated when we announce the Class 6A back of the year. But It'll be historic if he does leave. 42 years. This will be the 42nd Mr. Football. Never has there been a repeat winner. Uh, obviously, if Ryan Williams wins, he would be the first repeat winner. He's already only the second underclassman to win the award. Um, so that would be historic. And we'll find out on Tuesday afternoon in Montgomery. So Ben Thomas, our guest here for just another couple minutes. Uh, so going back to your column about this being perhaps the, the best high school athlete you've you've ever seen. Has is there a you've been covering high school sports a long time? Has there ever been a story that you followed as far as a local high school kid being recruited that's been I don't want to use the word circus that has been that has garnered so much interest for such a long period of time? Is there anybody that comes close that you covered that that kind of went through this process? Well, maybe Cadillac to some degree, uh, Carnell Williams at Etowah, but even then, you know, recruiting is just so different now than yeah. it was you know thirty years ago or whatever it was. Then I mean it's just so pumped up now, um, and now when you throw the NIL in there, you know we don't really know. It's hard to know, you know, what they're offering. You know I don't I don't talk to those guys about what they're offering. I don't know if the I don't know if the high school coaches know. I don't, I, I don't know if they let the families deal with it or how that works. But um, I, I think the the reason why the Ryan Williams said, of course, he, like I said, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. So that in itself makes it a, a big story. Um, but the reason it became such a huge story the last couple of weeks, I think, is because this was a maybe more than we've seen, maybe more the the last guy is Julio probably who who would fit in this, but uh, he was a key guy for Auburn, but mainly for Alabama and Kalen DeBoer. I mean, had had he just stayed committed to Nick Saban, we're all good, we move forward. But when when Nick Saban decided to retire and Kalen DeBoer came in, and you had that. I don't want to say mass exodus, but a lot of people getting in the transfer portal. Some signees getting in the transfer portal, including the five-star quarterback Julian Sayan. I mean, they needed to have Ryan Williams in this class. He needed that that first big bam, you know, um, to get him recommitted. And I think that kind of stops the bleeding, for lack of a better word, for Alabama. Not that they were ever going under or anything, but, you know, there were certainly some negative news. And to get Ryan Williams back in the fold is is huge for them. For Auburn, it would have been the same. It would have been a, another big moment for Hugh Freeze. But they've got a good wide receiver class. They've got these four other guys. I'm not saying they're all comparable to Ryan or whatever, but 
I'm almost, it's almost not like it's not it wasn't quite as big as Auburn as it was for Kalen DeBoer to get him back in the class, if that makes sense. Great stuff. Uh, before I let you go, uh, prediction, because uh, I know you're an expert on this and you love predictions, which will be better, the remake of Roadhouse or the upcoming Beverly Hills Cop 4? I was fired up by the Roadhouse preview you sent me. Um, <laughs> the Beverly Hills 4, I'm concerned with Beverly Hills 4. If it's going to go straight to Netflix, I'm a little uh, I'm a little bit worried about uh, what they're, where they might take us. They, they don't have much to build on after Beverly Hills Cop 3. No, and Rosewood and Tiger look a little tired, I ain't going to lie. They look a little tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was wondering if they were even in it when I was watching the, pre- the previews. Yeah. Like, are they even going to be in this thing? Yeah. Axel looks about the same. Yeah, Serge looks like he's been he's had a rough uh, had a rough few years too. Um, we all have Mark. Yeah, uh, he puts a little bit this. It's good. Uh, tell folks how uh, how they can continue to follow all your coverage of high school sports, sir. Yeah, just go to AL.com, the high school sports page or recruiting page, and obviously basketball tournaments will be cranked up next week. And we'll have, like I said, Tuesday we'll have all the Mr. Football news from Montgomery. Hey, man, thanks for getting up early with us. We appreciate it. All right, see you guys. Have a good day. Yep, that's Ben Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Mark, uh, Alabama also got another uh, commitment yesterday, uh, a four-star edge rusher who had committed to Washington, Noah Carter has well he decommitted after DeBoer left so he's coming to Alabama now how about that all right you guys can uh chime in the app wnsp.com we're already wrapping up hour number one we got a senior bowl interview coming up Ooh. okay and then Paul Feinbaum at seven o'clock so uh plenty to go here and uh we appreciate you hanging with us it's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com Hey, this is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP. Fifty-two. Our thanks to Ben Thomas. Uh, congrats to Ryan Williams. We talked a lot about it. Good kid. Uh, you guys can react in the uh, app at WNSP.com. Senior Bowl 2024. They're coming in. Coming in this weekend. Uh, all kinds of events uh, getting ready for next week. Our coverage at the convention center begins Monday with the opening kickoff. The afternoon show will be there also Monday through Thursday. Want to thank Chavez Furniture. Really appreciate Chavez Furniture coming along as our title sponsor. And then after the Senior Bowl, the Monday after, there's a special remote that our afternoon show is going to go out to Chavez Furniture and also broadcast from 3 to 6. So we do have a lot of presenting sponsors this year for Senior Bowl coverage. Uh, Rich's Car Wash, Joe Bullard Chevrolet, D&K Suit Discounters, and Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. And, you know, while we're thanking people, because so many people uh, uh, are part of what we do here for our senior bowl coverage it's such an important week in our in our in our calendar year every year here at mobile our thanks to pat industrial and auto supply for coming on uh roy hudson and the fine folks at community bank thank you so much gulf coast mortgage solutions we appreciate you coming on ronnie lee's automotive of course has always been uh very good to us here at wnsp and bnb appliance so uh looking forward to our being at the convention center next week and of course as you mentioned uh chavis furniture's uh senior bowl coverage continues the Monday after with the wrap-up show at uh, at Chavez Furniture right there in Chickasaw. Uh, the final drive will be out there, so cool for them. All right.
Mr. Bronner, take it away, sir. All right, we got to talk to Justin Aboigby for a few minutes on Monday, so we'll go ahead and play that now. Here with Alabama defensive lineman Justin Aboigby live at the Senior Bowl office. Justin, talk about how much it means to be here at the Senior Bowl. Uh, just a great opportunity. You know, a lot of people came before me and just um, just uphold the tradition of, you know, Alabama players, you know, being able to come into this game and, you know, showcase what they can do. You brought up the legacy of Alabama players here at this game. You talked about Chris Braswell a little bit in that room. You and, you and him were kind of on similar paths a little bit, trusted the process, had big senior years. Talk about, you know, the process at Alabama and just, you know, how much that paid off for you this year. Uh, just each and every day, just keep working to get better and better. And when your opportunity comes, just make the most of it, you know, just trust the process, just trust in yourself, believe in what the coaches say, believe in the system, and everything's going to work out for the best. I got to ask you about the Texas A&M game this year. You and the whole defense really had Max Johnson in a lot of trouble this in that game. I mean, talk to me about that a little bit and really just you pressuring the quarterback in general this year. Uh, that game was probably the most fun because we knew that last time we went to Texas A&M, we lost them. We knew that, you know, during the season, we couldn't, you know, where we wanted to be, we could not have another loss, especially SEC loss on our hands. So just understand that at some point in the game, we had to take the game over and be line we wanted to do that. So it was just the mindset, whoever get back there first, make them pay. You took the loss early in the season like you brought up, and then, you know, you guys were controlling your own destiny. You won 11 games in a row, won an SEC championship. Just talk about the roller coaster of a season that it was. Obviously, it didn't end the way anyone wanted it to, but, man, 11 in a row, SEC champs. I mean, you know, as a competitor and as a, you know, being a part of the program like Alabama, you always going to take the good with the bad as far as, like, you know, we didn't finish the job. But, I mean, after week two, it was a lot of doubt, you know, from the fan base and a lot of people around us not knowing what the season was going to uphold. But, you know, one of the things that I was most proud of, we stayed together as a group. Uh, we bonded together even much more than we ever did before. And just being able to go on the street that we did and, you know, things didn't end the way we wanted to. But I'm proud. Uh, you know, each week that we came together and um, showed what we are as team. Your interior defensive lineman, obviously both guards coming back and Tyler Booker and Jaden Roberts next year. What can Tide fans expect to see next season? Obviously bringing a new, a new center as well, but interior offensive line. Well, I mean, them two guys are just nasty. You know, I don't mean nasty in a bad way. I mean in a good way, in a football sense. But, um, I mean, you just see the work they put in. You know, I'm especially prize 77, Jaden Roberts. You know, that's a guy who really trusts the process. You know, since he came in day one, he was physically gifted. But he just needed the, the confidence of the coaching staff to be able to put him on the field. And, you know, he took advantage of every single opportunity he got, and he made the most of it. You know, that's something that you can only hope for and want from a guy, and he did it. I can't not ask you this one, man. It's been a, quite a nine days for Alabama football. Nick Saban announces his retirement. You talked about it a little bit in there. But, you know, talk to me about what you've thought through this nine days. Were you surprised by that? Uh, I mean, somewhat. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, that's all you can hope for. And, you know, you you just glad that Coach Saban gave us 110% each and every day during the 17 years he was at Alabama. You know, I'm just grateful that I was able to spend my my time there being able to be able to be coached by him and, you know, to leave out at the same time as him and just thankful for the guys who decided to stay in, uphold the culture that he built and the guys who, you know, decided to um, lead the program. You know, I respect their decision because at the end of the day, you can't, you, you can only be happy for them because at the end of the day, man, they came in to play for him and, you know, with him not being there, you understand the reason why you can't be mad at the decision. Justin Aboigby, Alabama. Appreciate it, Justin. No problem. 
All right, nice job there, Bronner. We appreciate uh, Johnny on the spot there. Uh, coming up in hour uh, number two. By the way, uh, we're going to talk to Paul Feinbaum. Uh, we'll, we'll get the latest from Paul. We'll also have a chance for you to get uh, qualified for the Francia's Formal Affairs Tales Giveaway. That's a, that's a hide item as well. And Philip Rivers at 8 o'clock is going to join us to preview some NFL. There is a, uh, a, a video going around that's a year old, I should specify. About right that that's a year old right. It, it is. It's yes. So we're talking about the same these thing. guys were doing. I guess they were doing their ram and jammer at the Auburn basketball game a year ago, and some more experienced gentlemen. That's code for older guys. Really took exception to it that were Auburn fans, and started. There were some expletives back and forth, and the guy was like, "You should sing your song in your own gym. <laughs> Get the blank out of here." It's kind of what makes the rivalry the rivalry. I guess I'm asking, should opponents, we just kind of assume that the Rammer Jammer is a given and that opponents just need to shut up and take it. But do they? Do they have to sit there and take it? I mean, are they? We'll have to get this in an open segment. I think we're going to have to talk about I've this. I've got some thoughts. I mean, how different is that from... A million other examples that wind up leading to fights. <laughs> we'll talk about it coming up here in hour number two at some point. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 7.05, hour number two. Happy Friday to you. Not to confuse your days of the week, but our next guest normally comes on Thursday, so it might feel like Thursday, but it's really Friday, so kudos to everybody on that one. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Paul Feinbaum, of course you know him with ESPN and the SEC Network, uh, had another, uh, let's say he was asked to be on ESPN, and they do, they do take priority because they do pay his check, so we understand so, that. So, Paul, do they ask or or, or do they tell you you got to be on at a certain time? Well, they, they, they do ask, uh, and, you know, they tell you, uh, hey, you know, can you be on uh, whatever time? And, you know, then you, you hope they let you know what time it is. <laughs> but I will say – I will say this, though. Paul's one of the very few that ever keeps in touch and, and alerts me to that. It's not like, well, we call, he's not there. No, I really appreciate that, Paul, the diligence you have with us. And the uh, reason they wanted to talk to you about Jim Harbaugh, so I'll raise the question, too. Uh, Harbaugh leaving Michigan, going to the Chargers, a positive or a negative for Michigan? Well, I think it's a mixed bag. I think it's positive in a way. They get rid of uh – they get rid of a lot of uh, heartache and controversy and chaos. Uh, they also lose one of the best coaches in the country. But here's the most important thing to remember, Lee. Uh, even if Jim Harbaugh had stayed at Michigan, 
they were not going to be an elite team next year. Uh, they're looking more like a nine and three team as opposed to a fifteen and zero team. So they would have fallen back a little bit. I mean, uh, Jim Harbaugh had perfect timing. He got out. Uh, everybody somewhat sad to see him go. But I think it's pretty interesting to compare. Two weeks and two days ago, the the heartbreak that Alabama fans felt versus the kind of like, who cares, good riddance to, to Jim Harbaugh yesterday. There was a narrative, and I don't know if I buy into it because I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody up in the Ann Arbor area, but there was a narrative that the uh, school dragged its feet on putting together the contract. It had to do with Harbaugh's demands uh, as to – if the NCAA came down hard on him, you know, who, who would decide his fate? Do you buy into that, or do you buy more into the fact that Harbaugh really was looking to get into the uh, NFL? Well, I, I think he's always wanted to go back to the NFL. Uh, he's interviewed with about three or four teams. And what was particularly interesting is that two years ago, he interviewed with Minnesota right around the National Signing Day. He didn't get the job. It was pretty humiliating. He came back and he promised the president, he said, that would be the, the last time I ever talked to an NFL club. And, of course, we know that Jim Harbaugh is a liar. So uh, this year uh, they did negotiate. And I'm, I'm quoting a guest of mine yesterday because I don't have any independent knowledge. But the, the guest, John Bacon, who's a historian and author up there, said that Harbaugh and Ward Manuel, the AD, th- these are his words, uh, hate, hate each other. Uh, and I think, I mean, just think about it, Lee. I mean, you, you, your program director, you and you and this person hate each other. <laughs> By the way, I've been there before, <laughs> and it's not that friendly. Uh, you, you, you tend to want to get out when that happens. Maybe it's not fair of me to say, but Jim Harbaugh doesn't come across as a very likable guy. I'm sorry, it's just stories I've heard that he doesn't uh, come across as the friendliest guy or a guy that you're really going to pal around with. And you know, a- again. That there was that issue. The so do you th- does that just go away for a while? Well, like if Harbaugh ever comes back to college, do, do they bring that investigation back on him? I mean, I guess they, in, in te- technically the NCAA can do whatever it wants, but more than likely, and this is just conventional uh, wisdom that the NCAA will still investigate. They'll still hand down some typical inane uh, penalty, but without Harbaugh, I, I think their interest in him is over speaking of interest paul feinbaum our guest here on wnsp i i DeBoer certainly made uh, the rounds with the media uh, he was on pat mcafee you had him last week uh, you probably had him first i was just curious after uh i think he was on dan patrick we'll hear a little bit of that coming up in a bit on our show but what what were your impressions guy can i mean look he can he can coach he certainly does doesn't appear to have the flair for the dramatic i was kind of hoping for but uh, he's certainly getting it done on the recruiting trail after the Ryan Williams news. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you've heard him. Uh, there, there's not much to it. Uh, he's very straightforward. He's, uh, I think he's uh, likable in a very quiet way. Um, he's just uh, he's from a different part of the country, uh, Mark, and uh, I think he's being very careful not to say anything that makes news, and, and I can assure you uh, – <laughs> As I was talking to him, I was thinking, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the first time anybody has heard him. Don't don't try to be the gotcha guy. Just let the interview go wherever it goes. And and it was the day that Caleb Downs had left and Sayan had left. So I mean, the natural question was, you know, what's your level of concern? And and he did answer that. 
He said, we're not concerned at all. Whether anyone believed that or not, I don't know. But I, 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 I mean, I haven't met him, so it's a little difficult to stare at a, at a television screen as you're talking to somebody. Um, but I, I thought he met the test. Uh, I didn't see his other interviews, but I, I think what, what you want to see is a coach that looks like he's in control, and, and I think he is in, he's definitely in control. I wanted to follow up on the Harbaugh. Do you think Michigan would have made a nice splash had they immediately named the the offensive coordinator to replace him, or do you actually think they're going through the interview process and maybe taking applications from head coaches from other schools? What direction do you think they're going? Yeah. I think they're going to hire Sharon Moore, uh, and I'm, I think there is some clause up there that you have to advertise the position for seven days, so they couldn't immediately name him, although uh, I, I believe that they are going to try to get a waiver so they can go ahead and name him. They're not interviewing anybody else. And one thing about Michigan versus Alabama, they are already in the next semester. Now, this is all technical mumbo-jumbo, so it is more difficult for a player to bail out now uh, because they're already enrolled in school, school, so they will not have the mass exodus of Alabama because Alabama uh, Saban left before the semester began. Well, I think many of the players that you would, if you're a Michigan fan, you were hoping would come back. I think they've already left anyway, so <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know no, specific. I mean, they're, going to, they're not going to be projected. Uh, they're, they're not going to be a great team next year. And besides, they open their second game is against Texas. Uh, they have Washington on the schedule. They have USC. I mean, they are they're, they're going to be lucky to be eight and four next year. How how wild is this Kayshawn Booty story, Paul? I mean, we I mean, it's it's one thing to throw a little money down, even if you're underage, but eighty nine hundred wagers in a year. I mean, dude's got a problem. Yeah, I mean, that guy was practically living at Danny Sheridan's house, wasn't he? <laughs> um, the only I mean, thing. I, we, I, I don't. I mean, I. I mean, we all saw. We all saw the problems during the week, and you heard Brian Kelly talk about it. But I. I just. I mean, a lot of LSU fans are worried. I just don't know how this can really come back to the program unless there's some evidence linking him. But clearly, he is going down as as a, as a forgettable player in LSU history. We, we we were trying to come up with anything that we would do twenty time twenty two times a day for for. Uh, every day for a year and the best Lee could do was use the bathroom that's that's all he came up with yeah well yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure Lee, <laughs> I, 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 there's, Lee Lee there's so many places I could go there but I don't want your urologist to call me I mean I, I'm, I'm throwing you a softball uh, Paul you're just gonna watch it go right by see and it, well you, you know uh, when you get to uh, our age Mark you just hate to make fun of your fellow uh, senior citizen okay well then maybe I'll go a different direction and uh do you have a take on former Alabama guys that didn't play against each other or play with each other on the same roster, taking shots over the air and through social media? I think you know better than to ask me a question <laughs> that would give you an immediate headline. Um, I, uh, I, all I can say is uh, I was very amused by your coverage of uh, that story out of Birmingham. And uh, let me uh, – uh, if you have any further questions, you can con you can uh, contact ESPN Public Relations. Yeah, they'll get right back to me, I'm sure. Man, but uh, yeah, listen. I, I, it, what what happened there though is a lesson to all of us. Uh, know what you're talking about. Um, just don't go off willy nilly on somebody, and and because what 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 happens is whatever you got out of that one statement. The, the the cleanup on aisle three was not worth it. <laughs>
Uh, almost had him there, especially, Lee. Especially when you have the most dogged reporter in the state, Mark Heim, beating on your door and beating right. uh, on your windows and, and trying to uh, get to the bottom of it. Now, the good, what, what I always hope when I say something like that is that nobody heard it. Yeah. Paul, I, I have a question, a follow-up. Does, does the PR staff or do, does anybody actually come back at a, uh, a talent whether it be you or somebody else who says something, I mean, do you get feedback? We know you get feedback social media if if you uh, are into that. But what about from the the, the higher ups at ESPN? Do they really uh, come or the SEC office? Do they say stuff or say get you on the phone and say we wish you didn't do that or could you back off or anything along those lines? Well, yeah, I mean, it happened. I mean, I've run into it quite a few times. I mean, I, about uh, remember when Les Miles nearly got fired? Remember the time they were about to fire him, and then they didn't fire him when they should have fired him? I came out the next day on uh, Sports Center and said, you know, the, uh, I was on Sunday morning with Hannah Storm, and she asked me about it. I said, Hannah, I said the wrong. I said, I don't know why they were trying to fire Les Miles. I mean, the guy that should have been fired was Joe Oliva, the athletic director. And I mean, I was just being a, a smart aleck. And ESPN, which has about 30 million uh, followers, immediately tweeted that out. Paul Feinbaum says LSU athletic director Joel Lieber should be fired. And, man, uh, <laughs> that, was, that, that was my second or third year at ESPN. And by, by the end of the day, uh, I mean, I had heard – I mean, he had called – he had complained. I mean, I had heard from everybody. And what was interesting, though, about Oliva, I don't know how well you, you remember him, nobody was really that upset with me. <laughs> I mean, yes, they, uh, I... But, 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 but I have caught – I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there was an incident a, a couple of – two months ago on, on the set of game day. One of the, one of the people uh, blasted another member of the team. Yeah, I'm sure Mark remembers that. I do. What? What's quickly though? Uh, we probably could do a whole show on this. But what's the what thing more than anything else in your career that did you say that got just got so twisted by you know guys like me? What is, okay. is, is there something that now, just yeah, got? I'll tell you, I'll, well, I'll tell you a quick story. It was my first year at ESPN. I was on an ESPNU show where I didn't. I don't know. I was kind of loose, and the subject of Jadavion Clowney came up. I don't okay. know if you remember yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Oh um, yeah. So here's the story. You know I'm friends with Spurrier. Spurrier had called me a couple of days earlier, and he was raging about clowning. And he said, "I've never, I've never had a guy like him. I mean, he won't, you know, he won't do anything. He won't come to practice. So I'm on the show, and somebody asked me. Apparently, he had, he had sat out the second. I don't know what he had done, but it was something pretty big. Uh, And I said, Jadavion clowning is the biggest joke in college football. And ESPN. You, ESPNU tweeted that out. It, it made news all over the country. Spurrier was asked about it, and he came after me. And so that's outrageous for a commentator uh, <laughs> to criticize one of my players. And then the athletic director, Ray Tanner, demanded I get fired. And I'm like going, I mean, so I mean, you're kind of stuck in a position where everybody is blasting you. And, and by the way, your source was the head football coach <laughs> yeah. of the school where you're. So I mean, and, and I I knew better than to try to out Spurrier because that's. And by the way, the 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 reason you don't do that is it tells every other coach that you'll ever deal with again don't trust you. And I thought sure. I'm going to take the hit here, and it was a big hit. I mean, it got up. I mean, Mike Sly was the commissioner. He called me and said, "He said that's outrageous." I said, "Yes." And every time you try to explain, you sound guiltier. Yeah. 
Paul. Uh, yeah, by the way, 10 years later, I finally outed Steve Spurrier. Yeah, I, I got my headline. Uh, finally, I got it, it took it took an extra couple minutes, but I got my headline. I, I was going to go with uh, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, clean up on aisle three. Not worth it, comma, Greg McElroy. But uh, I'll withhold. Uh, yeah. By the way, I think I think you could get a couple more days out of the McElroy. Just call, have you interviewed him? That would be uh, you. You would be in good shape just listening to him try yeah. to uh, yeah uh, talk you talk you. That would require him to either pick up the phone or call me back. But uh, apparently, yeah, well, he's, well, you know, come on. He's listen. Don't get me on him. He's he's one of my teammates. Right. 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 Okay. Hey, we're gonna leave it there, Paul. As always, we appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Yep, that's Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, traffic and weather are next. I got uh, we got a uh, good stuff coming up throughout the course of the day. We're gonna catch up with Alec Naiman. Um, Kalen DeBoer was on the Dan Patrick Show. We're gonna play a couple minutes of that for you. Uh, he was on yesterday, um, and then uh, Philip Rivers. He uh, he's gonna be our NFL analyst for us. How about that? Coming up at eight o'clock. Always good to catch up with St. Michael uh, head football coach. We'll also do our Millite Golf Report. In hour number three, got to get you qualified for the Francia's Formal Affair Tales giveaway. Man, dealing with a lot of stuff. I love it. It's a Friday. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. Welcome back in. Kind of feeling hungry all of a sudden. Well, a good guy to go to when uh, you're hungry, uh, he'll take care of your needs, is uh, Alec Naiman. I know I've got family members going out to Piggly Wiggly tonight because Alex is hosting kind of a wine dinner party. So that's great. But you got Mardi Gras balls coming up. And Alex, good morning and welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Good morning. It's funny. I got people saying, uh, they tell me I sound like Mark Hines. Uh, I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold that against me. Don't hold that against me. You finally made it, Alec. Congratulations. I, know, I, can't, I can't believe you insulted me like that. That's what I said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 hey, guys, listen, we in the heat of Mardi Gras, you know. Tonight uh, starts the big first parade, you know. Then we jump right on into next week. And, of course, it's Senior Bowl week going on while Mardi Gras is going on. We're going to be out at the Senior Bowl uh, tailgating and uh, putting on a good show, all that kind of stuff. But don't let that discourage you because we've got a freezer full of casseroles and gumbo and crab soups and you need a party tray for Mardi Gras or something like that. But we're also moving into the springtime pretty soon here with weddings and galas and fundraisers and all kind of stuff. Of course, if you need a corporate lunch or breakfast brought to your office for any of your meetings or employee appreciations, we do that stuff every day also. All you got to do is call us at 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namenscatering.com. And, of course, give us a like on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. Guys, I hope y'all have a great weekend. It's going to be kind of messy, I guess, for day or so here, but things are going to look pretty nice. So we're looking forward to a big Senior Bowl week and Mardi Gras season. Hey, as always, Alec, we appreciate everything you do, and uh, have a great weekend, sir. Hey, guys, go Jack. You know, we led into Alex with the uh, Jimmy Buffett song. I, th I, I thought I read where the uh, Senior Bowl, among many things they do, and they have a lot going on, they're going to honor Jimmy Buffett, the late Jimmy Buffett, uh, 
with decals or something along those lines. I didn't read specifically, but uh, I appreciate what they're doing. Uh, we got some time. You want to jump in? You can. Six nine four one zero five five. We're gonna. Um, someone thought it was funny that he sounds like me. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't hear. Sound like you, or you sound like him. Yeah. Could it be? Yeah, I think he was just doing the whole reverse thing. It worked well. <laughs> hey, so uh, is, is Rama Jamma a uh, should is that something that you feel Bronner would incite an opposing? Or should incite, or maybe shouldn't incite, a potential brawl or riot. There was a, there's this video going around from last year's basketball game at Auburn, mm. where Alabama won. Alabama, young Alabama fans are kind of singing. Our college age, maybe young adult, whatever. Some older Auburn gentlemen took exception. F bombs were, fl- uh, were flying. Go sing your they song. They got very your- upset. Yeah, it, I, I'm just, I, I kind of see it. I kind of get it, but are we supposed to have just be numb to it because it's happened for so long? You would think Auburn would would be over it by by now. Uh, I I don't know. It it was again. This is the video is a year old now, but odd stuff to uh, get all worked up about it. Go sing your songs. You're up. Get out of here. You know. Well, you lost. The, it's the, if you don't like it, then win. There's no well. It, Maybe if you want Auburn fans to get over it, or they should be over it, maybe maybe Alabama fans should be over singing it. I disagree. Well, why why is there a certain why why is it why does it invoke so much offense? Well, I would I would argue. Let me let me let me ask a, let me answer your question by asking another question. Would it be sung as often if it didn't get received the way you just described it as? Like I think people I think some not all. But I do think some Alabama fans sing that song because they know it gets under Auburn fans' skin, right? Because there's no cooling off it's period. It's part of the rivalry. I it's, mean, it's a. Uh, well, does that mean we should make poisoning trees part of the rivalry? Just because it, it happens doesn't mean we should make it part of the rivalry. And they do it for every school. It just hits different with Auburn fans. It does, or at least it did in that video. There was a there was a good. All I'm saying is there's no the cooling day. off period for fans like there are for coaches and players. Yet these guys were singing right in front of these guys, and these guys were pretty hot about it. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I don't feel one way or the other about it. I just thought it was an interesting. Uh, someone said it's no different than cheering for your own team. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll pick up on some of this. Uh, we'll let you hear some of that Kalen DeBoer interview on Dan Patrick. Uh, he was on yesterday. We'll hear some of that when we come back. Stay with us. week right through february 3rd right through february 5th uh, thanks to uh, chavis furniture uh, all next week well actually monday through thursday but we'll still be talking senior bowl even next friday we will not be at the convention center friday we will be there hoping that uh, some of the senior bowlers will come out and uh, sit and talk to us for the afternoon show as well as the morning show we'll have a special senior bowl preview show saturday february 3rd from 9 to 11 we'll be broadcasting out on the 
Hancock-Whitney uh, grounds prior to the noontime kickoff. It's an early kickoff this year. Remember that. And then on Monday, uh, the afternoon show is going to Chavez Furniture, and we'll be doing a special 3 to 6 show at that time. I do want to thank presenting sponsors like Greer's Markets, D&K Suit Discounters, Joe Bullard Chevrolet. Remember this? Joe once played in the uh, Senior Bowl back when, when he was at Tulane, and also Rich's Car Wash. All right. So yesterday, uh, Dan Patrick had a chance to catch up with Alabama coach Kalen DeBoer. Uh, you heard it here on WNSP. But if you didn't, take a listen to an excerpt of it right now. Coach, of course, led Washington to the national title game. Now the new head coach at Alabama. Well, you've been there almost two weeks. So, uh, Coach, how's your accent? Has it changed? No, it hasn't. Still got that. Uh, still got that uh, Midwest uh, kind of feel to it. I think, and it probably always will. So, but uh, it's great to be on your show, Dan. I appreciate having me on. Where are you right now? We're uh, in Alabama, just uh, making our rounds and uh, on the recruiting trail. So it's uh, going great. Uh, when you said two weeks, uh, it kind of hit me uh, about how fast time's been flying by. So uh, we're making the most of every minute. Uh, the coaching staff's coming together nice and. Um, you know, just uh, really proud of how far we've come in a short amount of time. All right. The number one thing that you had to do as soon as you hit ground in Tuscaloosa was what? Well, you want you, you know, meeting with the team and uh, really trying to get in front of them and um, just, uh, you know, the craziness of college athletics and in particular the portal and um, just trying to make sure that they, they got a feel for who I was. Uh, you know, in the moment, as soon as I landed, got in front of them. But uh, the next, you know, four days or so, uh, trying to meet with them individually in groups. Uh, you're trying to build a staff at the same time and showing them the vision and uh, feeling the personalities of those that will be coming into the program to coach them. So that uh, balance right there, um, you know, kept kept me busy uh, for those, you know, four or five days. And uh, now it's, it's kind of reaching out and getting to uh, the recruiting um, you know, that's been done, uh, whether it's guys that have signed and just trying to continue to uh, impress on them uh, their importance in our program. And I'm excited to have them join us. And, of course, uh, the classes in the future, the 25s, the 26s, and so forth. Well, also, were you recruiting, re-recruiting some of your players who were going to go in the portal or at least talking about going into the portal? Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, and that's – that's a, that's a big part of it. I think that's probably some of the best recruiting our coaches have done so far is is really recruiting our own roster. And, uh, you know, that's uh, it's crazy to say that. But, um, you know, I think that's the case no matter what. But I think it's even, even at another level now uh, just with everything. So uh, I'm really proud of the way uh, our guys, uh, when I say our guys, our team have uh, been receptive and embraced our coaching staff and myself. Um, I think we've done a great job of uh, – retaining um, the core and the nucleus of, of who's in, in this program. There's so many great players, and they want this place to be great. And, uh, you know, certainly um, caught them by surprise. And, uh, you know, it hits you pretty hard when, uh, you know, Coach Saban retired, and um, that's a big piece of why they came here. But they also came here to wear, wear those uh, Alabama colors. And, um, you know, they've really, again, been receptive to, to myself and, um, hold it together and want to carry on the legacy of this great place. Do you get Coach Saban's office? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's, uh, it's, it's. I think about all the people that have been in there. In the wait, history. wait, he cleaned it out? So did he leave anything for you in his office? 
Uh, I haven't found it found it yet. Uh, there's probably a few things that uh, you know he'll, he'll we'll talk about and uh, you know articles and uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's going to be certainly around the campus and uh, you know excited to have him around. Uh, so much institutional knowledge and just everything that I can draw upon. Um, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. It'd be pretty foolish not to use him as a great resource. I know he wants this program to continue to be great in the future. Okay. Did you have that moment where you sat there in his chair, at his desk, in his office, by yourself, and just said to yourself, I'm the head coach at Alabama? Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a special place. And uh, Coach Saban's made it that way, you know. And, uh, you know, I think that piece uh, of it was uh, intriguing and, and exciting to me when uh, going through this process of looking to be in the head coach. Uh, and, you know, he's made it uh, an amazing job, as have others that uh, come before him, too. So, um, yeah, the, the legacy leaves, uh, you can't help but notice it. And, um, you know, carrying on that tradition, uh, that's, uh, that's my goal. When did you hear or your people hear from Michigan prior to you taking this job? Did Michigan ever reach out to you about the possibility of replacing uh, Jim Harbaugh? No, no, this was this was all about Alabama here. And it, oh, it no, this is prior to you taking that that I know Michigan oh. had a wish list there of in case Jim w was actually going to go back to the NFL. So I, I and your name was on that from what I was told. So I was curious if they ever reached out to you prior to you taking Alabama? Yeah, no, that would never have been uh, anything that I've been made aware of. I think, you know, when you think about the timeline of how quickly things happen from a, a national championship game and, you know, two days later, Coach Saban uh, retiring and the next day uh, an interview and then hired him. There just wasn't a lot of time for anything. So, uh, you know, um, it's been a whirlwind and uh, excited to be the head coach at Alabama. What did you do? There you go. Uh, a little Kalen DeBoer for you right there on the Dan Patrick Show. He certainly uh, made the rounds. Our, our Senior Bowl coverage continues and actually ramps up, as Lee had said on Monday, we'll be at the convention center for the Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage, brought to you in part by a number of great folks. I want to thank Mobile Mitsubishi for coming aboard with us. Always great to have them uh, with us. AIDS Alabama. Dixie Supply, always been uh, a huge supporter of WNSP. McDonald's Barnes family, of course, has been a long-standing supporter of us as well, and Insurance Office of America. Uh, and remember, on Monday, a week from Monday, will be our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl wrap-up show in Chickasaw, uh, 125 Telegraph Road. It's from 3 to 6. Nick and Corey will be out there. Uh, so go by and see them at Chavez Furniture in Chickasaw for the final drive on February 5th. Alabama certainly got some great news this week when uh, Ryan Williams of Sarah Land uh, recommitted to the Crimson Tide. So that was a couple days ago. Yesterday, there was a edge rusher, a four-star edge rusher out of Arizona who had committed to Washington when DeBoer was still the head coach there. He decommitted, and now that DeBoer has come to Alabama, he is going to follow DeBoer to Alabama. He is committed to the Crimson Tide, so I believe that's four now from the Washington program, either in the program or those who are going to attend that have now decided to follow DeBoer to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, so there's a comment in the app about, uh, and it just says, DeBoering. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, yes. He is not the most uh, engaging uh, in these interviews. Will he lighten up? Will he maybe? Uh, I mean, look, there's been a lot thrown at him, but yeah, it, it hasn't been great from a content standpoint. 
other than that, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot to complain about at this point if you're an Alabama fan. Um, the Ryan – I mean, clearly he's shown he can recruit. I know there's a lot of comparison. There was some – you beat me to the punch, Bronner, in the app. Someone said something about Brian Harson. Yeah, they thought Harson could coach too. Uh, but where I think – I think it's fair to say at this point – DeBoer has already proven to be a much better recruiter than than Harson ever was. Uh, just on the Ryan Williams recommitment alone, he's been matter of fact, matter of fact in his in his interview so far. He's just uh, he's not telling jokes, he's not you know doing magic tricks or anything like that. He's just been a matter of fact coach, uh, and is you know that's exactly you know you follow Nick Saban, and the main thing is not so much to you know be the Let's in the master of ceremonies when you're being interviewed is to go out and get the players and so far so good yeah look i know it's not a prerequisite to be entertaining and funny and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> man it sure doesn't hurt i, I don't can, think I nick Sa- but i don't think nick saban when he first took the alabama job if i remember back to 07 he wasn't right but he was fiery and defiant and that was his entertaining uh, too. not in the beginning now of course he got that way once you know after that seven and six season and so forth uh but I, if I recall correctly, he was just matter of fact. He just said, I'm a great recruiter. Nobody's going to out-recruit me. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to get the players, which he did. And, it, you know, it took a year to really get established. But then after that, after, you know, then you have more media attention, more attention on Alabama. Yeah, then he became more the fiery coach that we're talking about. Oh, they're coming in now. But now he's not. He is really relaxed. I love that story that came out. I don't remember who did it. Where they spotted him in a restaurant down in Jupiter, Florida. Saving? Yeah. And and waited 30 minutes to get a table. Yeah. I bet that didn't happen in Tuscaloosa. You had so, to wait 30 minutes. I, I was amused by that story. And then and they and they described him as in a good mood, jovial, having a good time, even though he had to wait. And we know Nick's not a very patient person. I will say this. I won't wait 30 minutes. No. You wouldn't wait 30 minutes? No, I just said that. So how, how long would you guys wait for a table? Whatever day of the week you're out to dinner, what's what's the threshold before you're like, yeah, we'll go find some. The last else. few times that I've gone into a restaurant where, and it hasn't been many because I, I I really haven't, but when they say like there's a twenty or thirty minute wait, I just go right to the bar and order. And eat at the bar. Or? Yeah. Oh no, eat at the bar. Yeah, because you get a faster service. Sure. So what's the, what's the threshold? Do you have a? Is there a certain time frame where you just. Bronner, where you were like, now nah, we'll go someplace else. How hungry am I? Uh, that's all, I can't answer that. That's, that's, <laughs> I, there, there, are, there, there are factors at play. It depends point. how bad I want to eat at the place. If there's something specific I have in mind that's on the menu that I really wanted, how yeah. hungry am I? Where's the nearest place? There, there's there's more that goes into that than I just I typically a give a look friend. around. Like If they say there's 20 or 30 minutes and there's not a whole lot of people milling about, like maybe they just haven't turned the table over. I'm, I'll, pro- I'll probably stick it. I may stick it out. If it's 20 or 30 minutes and it's jam-packing, barely getting the door, I'm out like sauerkraut. Sometimes they'll just say, yeah, it's going to be a while. Worst experience <laughs> I ever had, and I was new to the area. I went to New Orleans. There was It was recommended this famous uh, restaurant in New Orleans with barbecue shrimp. You got to go there. You know, Like I say, I was new to the area. I, I am very impatient, especially when it comes to waiting and I will tell you this, when I walked in there, and it was crowded, and we were told there's going to be a long wait, right? Well, the problem was we were with other people, and I didn't know the the location. I didn't really know other restaurants, so we kind of sat it out. When I walked into the bar, 
a Dodger baseball game was just starting. We were still in there when the game ended three hours later and then got served about 11 o'clock at night over a three-hour wait. Yeah. That was to be the end of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't care how good your barbecue shrimp is, nothing tastes that great after a three-hour wait. I would think anything tastes yeah. great after three hours. <laughs> well, the opposite. Not for me. Not I'd be for like, me. Sta- I'd be like no. food stalking, like, bro, bring me a bread no, basket or something. I was, like, fuming inside, and that just uh, the way I am. And so that's that would never happen again. And again, and, and then the re- if, it was, if I was alone, I wouldn't have even stayed there, or even just with my wife, we would have left. But right. we were with the other couple. I didn't know where to go. I was in New Orleans, and I'm not, I wasn't familiar with the area. Yeah, well, at all. you can walk outside, throw a rock, and, and hit some place that's going to be good. By the way, the the uh, consensus—it's not a huge sampling size, but the unofficial poll seems to be 30 minutes is the threshold. Mm. Like no more after 30 minutes, it's probably time. To and when I said going to the bar, if you if you ever go into like a lot of these restaurants, you go in there and they have a bar and a bartender. And if there is a long wait, if you just go to the bar, and we've done that on occasion, we'll just go sit at the bar and you get served right away. And, and you get really good service, so I have no problem with that at all. You know, we did that. The funniest, not a funny, it wasn't even funny. Um, Father's Day, a couple years ago, Canton, Ohio. Did I ever tell you that story? I'm sure you did, but no. tell it again, Lee. No, that's why I, we're here for your stories. No, uh, Tony well, says he was in Dallas last week at a cheesecake factory. It was a two-hour wait, but he slipped uh, the, the lady a big tip, and they skipped everyone. They were seated in 15 minutes. <laughs> How about that? So you just slide him a little Chick-fil-A gift card or something, and, and you're in. You're in, mister. They'll name a booth after you. You know, the other thing that I thought was funny in that DeBoer, like, do you think – so you go in, Saban's cleaned out the office. I'm wondering if there's, like, a letter. You know, like, they talk about how there's a president. president. <laughs> Saban like, left the letter for DeBoer. He left a letter for DeBoer, like, only to be read by DeBoer, to be passed down from coach to coach. Uh, Maybe in like the paneling of the drawer and you know in the desk. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, I wonder. I don't know. I I think the consensus in the app is that there's not a whole lot of personality that which is impossible to disagree with. I mean, he's objectively pretty boring. Uh but you know, we'll see. I mean, we talked about this off the air Mark when the hiring process was going on like imagine if Hire Dabo or Kirby or uh, not Kirby or uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane. You don't. Lane Kiffin is not that exciting in interviews. I I don't think that's fair at all. Well, I guess in front of a microphone, generally. Although he will. No, he's not. He'll he's take so, a shot. His stuff but. is on social media. I've listened to him. I've been there. I've seen that. No, he's. You can barely understand him. He talks so softly and everything. There is no. No, I I I wouldn't put him over DeBoer at all. Oh, I would. I mean, I well, would. You would, See, but I'm not. He's, he's not a great rod. public speaker, but he's he he. But he's funny in a quirky kind of way. Yeah, but uh, not in his not when he's talking. It's when he does his no, social. No, he, he's got no, this he dry is. sense of humor. That's, that's good stuff. Now, clearly, to your point, Lee, he's better on social media because he trolls in the whole deal. But no, the dude's funny, uh, and he's not afraid of taking shots at people. Which look. Football, while we all every we, you want your team to win and it's about X's and O's and dominating, blah, blah blah. It's also a form of entertainment, and over the years that entertainment has has extended past the sidelines, and and you you need you need a little bit of that. I mean, from a PR standpoint for your program, I mean that's why Mac that's why that's why Saban was doing McAfee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there you need some of that. So I think, look, we'll we'll find out more about Kalen DeBoer as we're going. 
there there was a question at who uh, Kiffin at SEC Media Days. Some reporter journalist asked, told him that people tell him all the time he looks exactly like Lane Kiffin, and Kiffin responds, "What? Uh, what's your mom's name?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, he's, he's funny. Fu- he's funny. He's funny. Um, now that and and he wins. So to me, it's a good combination. But I've told you guys, him being on the outside looking into the Alabama program might be more. Uh, there might be more content there than him actually being the head coach. Uh, I guess we'll never know. But yes, DeBoer, unless it goes really wrong with DeBoer. I mean, who are the four mo- years? Who are, who are the most boring coaches ever? I know you think Kiffin's one of them, but people uh, say Belichick. Yeah. Belichick's boring, but he's got a great. We're told he has a great sense of humor. I mean, I think outside the, of the media, I think the short answers at this point are are amusing from him too, in their own way. So yeah, I don't know. DeBoer's kind of just you know he's there, he's a guy, he's yeah. himself. Uh, we'll we'll see. It again, it doesn't matter think, if he wins football. I think games, Jim Harbaugh so we'll is very boring. Yeah, I'm not a Harbaugh fan. I actually think plus think, he's very quirky. Oh, I don't think he's boring. I'm not a fan of his, but I um, he doesn't answer questions. I think Hugh Freeze is like his press conferences are just mind numbing too. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, they're mm. they're they're pretty mind numbing. Uh, but only but one I'm looking coach. for things. I'm looking for things that most folks aren't. Though. I, I know only, most people want to hear about their teams, and I I can respect. There's that. only one coach in the SEC that I find extremely amusing, and it's only based on the interviews that I see at the spring meetings, and that's Eli Drinkowitz. You go down there, and that's where the coaches let it all out. They have nothing. You, know, you, you don't. Have, you're not bombarded by media. It's a it's a fun time, you know, for them. All right, we'll continue. We gotta uh, we gotta take a break here. We're running long with our, uh, you know, how late? How long do you wait for a table and personalities of coaches? I like hey, Pittman. We've been talking about a lot of teams, but I gotta tell you about the opening kickoffs team of the day. When we come back, George Spurlock's gonna join us. Philip Rivers. We'll give us his take on this weekend's NFL games. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. We'll also still got to get you qualified for, for the Francia's Formal Affairs Tales Giveaway. Continuing the comments in the app, there's some good ones. Jackie Sherrill was the worst. Jimbo Fisher was entertaining. Harson and Malzahn were bad. Les Miles was most entertaining. And, of course, win games. And no one will care about boring. I don't know. They cared when Gene Stallings was winning. They said how boring his style of play was. Wrapping up hour number two next, right here on a Friday. Stay with us. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. I don't think anybody would argue that Friday is the best day of the week. So it no surprise that the opening kickoffs team of the day on our favorite day of the week is one of our favorite people. That's Presley Roofing and the uh, and our good friend George Spurlock who joins us here on WNSP. Good morning, George. Hey, how are y'all? Uh, we're we're dry. Uh, I can't. I don't know if I can say the same for you and your folks out there uh, on roofs, but uh, you guys offer uh, so many different. Uh, options for folks that are looking to get uh, maintain a roof, uh, prevent stuff from happening to their roof, or even fixing their roof. Uh, I'll let you explain better than I ever could. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting time now. It was cold last week, so it's too cold to get on the roof, and now it's too <laughs> wet. And so, you know, it's it, listen, you, uh, you collect work while it's raining, and you do work when it's sunshine. So, you know, we really do it all. Um, from preventative maintenance, that's really kind of our mantra right now is to – really help folks to 
get the most out of the life of their roof that they can. And so we'll come out for free, take a look at everything, assess everything, let you know if there's any areas of concern. We can take care of that for you. And then when it's time to get your roof replaced, um, you know, if you just got that, you know, ten or $12,000 sitting in the bank ready to give us, then that's fine. We'll get that taken care of. But if you don't, then uh, we are a certified contractor with Alabama Power. You can get the uh, roof job financed through them. And it just makes it a little more convenient on the cash flow side, on the budget side for folks. So sure. uh, really, whatever you need roofing-wise, you know, we can really help you. Hey, quickly, let me throw you a little bit of a curveball. Is there any? Are there any signs or anything that you could point to that folks with their feet on the ground, I might add, would see signs that maybe they need to give you a call that maybe something might be wrong? I mean, I, like from time to time, I'll see shingles in the streets. I, I would assume that would be a really good sign that maybe you need to call a roofer. That's a, that's a pretty blatant one. Yes, uh, if you have a limb, if you have a tree limb sticking out of yeah. your roof, that's probably a good reason to give George and Samantha a call. But uh, also, if you notice uh, granules, right, the, the granules that are embedded into your shingles, yeah. if you start seeing those uh, on in your uh, driveway, you know, so that means that they're starting to to break loose from the shingles and lay down and fall off the roof. That'll let you know that you're getting age to the roof, and it may need to take a look at it. The other thing. Uh, is if the shingles start curling on the edges, um, you can see some age from that. And so there are a lot of things. And, you know, honestly, the best thing to do is if you're just unsure is to give Samantha a call at the office and, and get it set up for an appointment to come see you. Okay, he's George Spurlock, Presley Roofing. So you see those signs. Or if you just need a pre, uh, you're not sure and need a free estimate, call the fine folks. Miss Samantha's waiting. When's the best time to call, George? Uh, anytime right now is perfect. Two five one four five seven six five nine eight. Hey George, have a great weekend. We appreciate everything. Take care. That's George Spurlock, Presley Roofing, the opening kickoffs team of the day. Free roof inspections, estimates, comprehensive roof repair, storm damage restoration, roof replacements, new roof construction, you name it, emergency repair services, they do it all for both residential and commercial. Give them a call at 457-6598. It's again, it's uh, Presley Roofing. Go to PresleyRoofingInc.com. That's 1S in Presley, uh, the opening kickoff's team of the day. We had a winner on the Chick-fil-A back in the first hour. Uh, Kevin, congratulations. The question was, uh, San Francisco has been to more NFC title games than any other team. How many? And Kevin got 19. Correct. Boom, boom, boom. And they'll be uh, playing this coming Sunday. Philip Rivers will be along shortly to talk, give us his thoughts on the two uh, playoff games leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, we don't have a whole lot. We'll get into it in the second, uh, in the in the third hour here. But we start talking about the Rammer Jamma and this this video that had been circulating from last year's basketball game at Auburn where these young guys were singing Rammer Jammer and these older Auburn fans threw some expletives at them and go to your own blanking gym and sing your own blanking song. Um, I'm wondering, does does like Rocky Top hit the same way to Alabama fans that the Rammer Jammer hits Auburn or Tennessee fans? Or is it the whole... I mean, you Beat best, be- you best believe you. the Tennessee fans would have been singing Rocky Top and Brian Denny had they won this year. No, but uh, but is it that whole, is it just the whole we just beat the hell out of you part of it that maybe hits people differently? I don't know. I'm asking. You'd have to ask an Auburn fan. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I mistook you for one. <laughs> All right. Hey, Phillip Rivers is next. We got the Miller Lite Golf Report. Also in hour number three, we got to get somebody qualified for the Francia's Formal Affairs Tales giveaway. A lot going on in hour number three. Stay with us. Continue with your comments in the app.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Yep, yep, here we are. It's 8.04. We appreciate you making us part of your morning. It's a Friday edition of the opening kickoff. All right, this coming Wednesday, it's Senior Bowl week, and one of the very special events is the uh, Special Spectator Senior Bowl fundraiser and reunion. Takes place at Moe's. Takes place at 6. Tickets are still available. Uh, There's incredible uh, auction items. There's uh, live music. Uh, great food, and of course, uh, the guest speaker who's on with us right now, the head football coach at St. Michael's, uh, Philip Rivers, and uh, special spectators, as they have often done, they've come up with a unique uh, kind of split helmet made by uh, Riddell to honor Philip Rivers. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Hey, morning, guys. Uh, how's everything? Everything's great, man. So, by the way, uh, did you ever think in, in your life that anybody would actually do a split helmet? Uh, in your honor, that's, yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. I, I saw, yeah, I saw that. I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that helmet. I, it, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good looking. I, I'm thinking if, if some, uh, I know nothing's going to get you back on the field, but maybe that would if if a franchise called you for a playoff game and said, "Hey, man, we'll let you wear whatever helmet you want." Maybe, maybe, maybe you give that a thought. <laughs> when you go, when yeah. you go, in, Philip, when you go into the, yeah, it, it's going to be a few more factors in the helmet. I think <laughs> it would be it would, would uh, probably. Uh, prohibit me from being able to go out there and play at high level right now. <laughs> Would it be safe to say, though, when you go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're going to go in as a Charger? Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I, again, I say yes, not not assuming I'm going in, but uh, I do plan to uh, to officially retire as a Charger at some point. Uh, I just hadn't yet. Just kind of that tiny, tiny, tiny crack of a window that, that was open. I didn't want it to be one of those you retired and came back deal. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, – Look forward to at some point, uh, kind of officially retired as a Charger, and uh, um, you know, thankful for my year with the Colts. Certainly, still pull for those guys, Shane Steichen, Gus Bradley, a lot of guys on that staff. As a, you know, Chris Ballard, the GM, and, you know, uh, Mr. Ursay for giving me that opportunity for that year. But yeah, it was 16 years, 16 years as the Chargers, um, you know, was uh, very thankful for. Give us your take on the two playoff games. We'll be carrying both on WNSP. Let's get who do you like in the Kansas City Baltimore game. Well, I just, I mean, Baltimore now has had a stretch. You know, you see, to me, what happens, what happens as a fan, and uh, you know, you 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 tend to the team that has the bye. It's like, you know, well, they haven't played. You know, then they obviously played last week. They're kind of, I don't know. So uh, to me, Kansas City seems the hotter the hotter team right now, and that's not necessarily true, but it feels that way. Um, and it's just hard to hard to go against those guys in Kansas City. I mean, I just the, you know, the way Mahomes has played his playoff record. Uh, what they did last week in Buffalo, but then you go back and look at the scores and how Baltimore's played this year. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's going to be a heck of a game. Heck, heck of a game. I do think you got the two best teams in the AFC playing in the in the uh, in in that uh, you know over the whole season. I think those are the, those are the two best teams in the AFC. And they're playing in Baltimore. Does that give the uh, Ravens that much more of an advantage? I think. I mean, I think so. I mean, you saw obviously the Chiefs. I was. I could believe that was Pat Mahomes' first road playoff game. Uh, unbelievable. Just shows how consistent they've been in winning the 
winning the division and being a you know one of the top two seeds. But um, no, I think it definitely does. It definitely does. Uh, Baltimore is a tough place to go win. Uh, in 2018, we actually went there with the Chargers and, and won in the uh, in the wild card game at Baltimore, and uh, and it was but it was it, it was definitely tough. The place will be rocking pretty good uh, for a chance to get Baltimore back to the Super Bowl. 49ers again in the NFC title game. They've been there more than any other team. They're hosting Detroit, a newcomer for sure. Who do you like in this one? Well, I think I think uh, I think San Fran's got the best roster, uh, arguably the best roster in football. Um, but I, I really think the Lions have taken all the personality of their head coach, and they are just you know they, they they're tough and they just keep finding a way and i don't think you know it's obviously not too big for them but shoot they've they've proven that in every uh in every test this year and uh i think jared goff uh you know is probably as underrated and maybe he's not to many he's he, i don't i don't I, I view him as one of the top quarterbacks i mean one of the top guys but he he's probably as underrated as there is and all he does is seek and go win you know i think he i saw, I saw where he he's got a chance to be the fifth quarterback to take two different teams to the Super Bowl. So um, pretty impressive what he's done with his skill guys. I think Ben Johnson's a heck of a play caller offensively, and uh, and those guys are flying around. Now, they won't be in the Dome in Detroit, uh, so they will be on the road on grass, which will be interesting to see how that plays out. Philip Rivers, the head football coach at St. Michael's. Phil, some of the uh, teams we're talking about have candidates for MVP. Uh, there are five candidates for the NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy. Who would you vote for? Gosh, I <clears throat> I really haven't answered any of your questions, Leo. If you notice, I didn't pick the winner in Baltimore, Kansas City, <laughs> or in, in Detroit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I I was there for a while. I was all about McCaffrey just because I saw the, the, how valuable he is to that team. Uh, and then I, and then you start looking at what Purdy's numbers and what they are, and average yards per attempt is like somewhere out of this world in comparison to what usually leads the league in yards per attempt. So then you go, man. And then you, I, I, then I was there on the Josh Allen train for a while because of how many touchdowns he had. I mean, he 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 was leading the league in touch, total touchdowns. And then you get, and then you go, hey, well, I, Lamar Jackson's. I, I think it's going to be Lamar. I think it's going to be Lamar. Uh, I think all those guys are obviously worthy candidates. It's a it's a it's a tough deal. That I mean, to me, it's a tough when you have all those guys to me that are that are deserving. All right, and so instead of picking winners this weekend, who would you like to see in Super Bowl Fifty Eight? Um, I would honestly, it's probably the most unconventional matchup, but I, I think I, I'd love to see Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, you know, they started the season, they kicked off the season, and they could close out the season. You know, Detroit beat them twenty-one to twenty in Kansas City to start the NFL season off. Uh, seeing them close it out in Vegas would be uh, would be pretty cool. Kind of, uh, I guess you would expect Kansas City just because they've been in it so many times the last years. But certainly seeing Detroit in the Super Bowl would be uh, would be pretty awesome. But I tell you what, Shanahan and the team John Lynch has put together, uh, they're going to be a tough tough out. So looking forward to two good games on Sunday. Phil, let me ask you this: It's kind of a two-parter. Uh, number one reaction to Jim Harbaugh taking over the Chargers, and when you were with San Diego at the time, did you compete against uh, Harbaugh much when he was at the 49ers? Was there a timeline there? Yeah, no. And you know, he was at USD. He was at University of San Diego at one point there, right early on in my career, and, and when I was with the Chargers, uh, and really kind of, I feel like got that program off, the, you know, headed in the right direction there at, at uh, University of San Diego, and. He, uh, 
we played them. Uh, I want. I know we played them in preseason in San Francisco. I'm trying to think if we played them in the regular season in his time there. Um, but he's done nothing but win. I mean, everywhere he's been, they win. And um, so I know the Chargers. Uh, you know, the Spanos family and the Chargers are excited to get him out there. I personally do not know Coach Harbaugh, but um, again, I, I think that was a heck of a hire. And uh, you know, the expectations will be. At the very top uh, here here for the next few years for the Chargers. He's Philip Rivers. He's the coach over at St. Michael Catholic High School. Hey, so I saw uh, your son Gunner there got uh, some accolades there uh, recently about uh, an all all American status. Did I see? Did I read that right, Coach? Yeah, I tell you, it's 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 crazy these days. You know, obviously it's uh it's a bit arbitrary. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of uh, really really good freshmen across this country. Uh, so you know. I'm sure many could argue uh, how did they come up with the you know two or three quarterbacks that they picked, but he had a heck of a year. Uh, he had a heck of a year as a freshman. He's going to be a he's going to be a, he's got a chance to be a real good one. And uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool though. Certainly you're thankful to preach of that. I know he was excited, uh, but at the same time, then you then you uh, you know then you then you go back to reality, right? And you go play <laughs> in the freshman game in yeah. basketball, you know. And so. It's good though. He's he's working hard. He's getting big now. He's, he's starting to starting to look a little bit more grown. Uh, and uh, looking forward to to the next three years. I mean, you got three more years to go. But it was a uh, it was a fun freshman year for for sure, and a good uh, good one to build on. So has it been twenty years since you last played in the Senior Bowl? Has it been that long? Twenty years. Twenty years this uh, this year. It's been it was twenty years. Oh four oh four January. I was practicing right over there at Valanta at Fairhope Stadium and playing at Ladd Stadium and. Uh, a lot has happened in 20 years. A lot has happened. Uh, not, not, not added nine more children to the mix and played 17 years in NFL. Coached three years of high school football. So there's been a lot going on in the last 20 who, years. Who was your head coach? Do you remember? Head coach was uh, uh, the late Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, he was uh, the head coach there. The Chargers, you know, now they do it a little different. It's not exactly the whole team staff, but the Chargers staff uh, coached uh, a team I played for, Marvin Lewis and the Bengals coached the uh, – the other team, and that was critical for me and ended up a charger. I got to be around that staff for a whole week in the meetings on a practice field and then in the game and then ended up, you know, they traded one and four and, and ended up a charger. So that was a very uh, critical week in terms of uh, where I ended up getting drafted. And uh, so it's, it's a, I know it's an exciting week. You know, you got Carter Bradley, you know, South Alabama quarterback, got in the game. And, you know, Bo Nix is playing in the game. Uh, I've actually been able to meet those two guys here in the last week or so. I've, I've known Carter just through Gus, but I've been able to kind of uh, be around those guys a little bit the last week or so with David Morris over at QB Country, working with Drake May as well. And uh, so it's an exciting time for those guys. And I think you know you just enjoy the heck out of it. You mentioned it's been 20 years, and I go, man, a lot's happened. But man, that was a blast. You know, going through that process with other guys in the same boat. You know, I remember sitting on the end of the bed at the Senior Bowl in the hotel in Mobile with Dan Marino. And that's when he just started kind of. He was, uh, you know, making decisions there in the front office with the Dolphins. And Dan Marino had a poster on my wall of Dan Marino. And now I'm sitting on a hotel bed at the end, and Dan Marino is asking me quarterback questions. And I was yeah. just like, this is unbelievable. Where am I? You know, so uh, it's a heck of a process. And I know those guys are fired up. And, and, and Jim Nagy, those guys do a heck of a job at the Senior Bowl. So it's a, it's a big week. So I got to ask you, 20 years ago, if I would have told you 20 years ago that uh, in 2024 you'd have nine more kids than you already do, what would your reaction be? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say you're completely crazy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're completely. I, again, I, I, my my mom was one of nine, and then yeah. my, her her dad was one of nine. Uh, 
I don't know that it was necessarily like, all right, well, let's just see if we can beat, you know, my papa. And my, <laughs> you know, but, but, but I wouldn't have said uh, no way possible. But so certainly thankful. Uh, all of them are blessing. Think you'll get a uh, Dan Marino. I had one first. The first one I've sent off and, and getting married last Saturday, and then I have a three-month-old too. So there's quite quite the range going on over here. Man, you should you should request a Dan Marino bobblehead. They're going to be given out at uh, Hancock Whitney Stadium. Some of the bobbleheads for the legends coming back for the game. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Dan was Dan was one of the best. One of the best. He, I remember him asking me, "What is the, the blitz you hate the, the most?" And I remember kind of stumbling my words, like, you know, uh, and he was like, I hated the corner blitz, the backside corner blitz. I used to be, he said, I used to dread because I was afraid I wasn't going to see it. So I was just like, man, this is, I'm talking quarterback play with, with my child, one of my childhood favorites. Yeah. So pretty cool. That's awesome. Hey, coach, really do appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the time. I, I know, uh, I hope to, we, we see you during the course of the, the week of the Senior Bowl, man. Uh, be good and we'll be in touch for sure. All right, guys. Thanks. Yep. That's uh, Philip Rivers, St. Michael football coach. And again, tickets are available if you'd like to attend Wednesday night at Moe's Barbecue downtown. The Special Spectators Senior Bowl fundraiser uh, proceeds are split between that group and also the USA Children's and Women's Hospital. All right, we're going to get you scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, and uh, the Millite Golf Report still coming up at this hour. And uh, be listening for a chance to get qualified for the Francia Formal Affairs uh, Tales Giveaway. It's a big one. Plenty left here on a Friday edition. It's the opening kickoff. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNST 105.5. When Thanks to Linda Francia and all the uh, folks over there for making this possible. This is a prize valued at more than $600. We're just going to give it away. Linda's just giving it away. But you got to get qualified. So be the first one to get Bronner on the phone at 694-1055. Linda will come on. She will announce the winner in the coming days. Well, you still have some opportunities. But let me tell you, if you can't get in because it's so popular... We encourage you to go see the fine folks over there. Tuxedos, suits, and more. It's perfect for Mardi Gras, for weddings. They've been doing this for more than 30 years. And the best part is, man, they remain family-owned and operated. Uh, they offer rentals. They also do sales. Plus, they have other formal wear. Go by and see them over there on Airport Boulevard. Uh, tell them you heard it here on WNSP. Uh, they take great pride in their work. It's like Jimmy Francia used to always tell us when he used to come on the show with us. If you want to look your best, forget all the rest. Uh, do we have a qualifier already, Bronner? Mike. Mike, congratulations. A reminder, these are this is non-transferable, meaning uh, if you win, you are the only one that can go and get sized and measured for this unbelievable uh, prize. We want to thank Linda for making it possible and uh, be listening for details uh, as we move forward. You'll have some chances next week while we're at uh, the convention center during our Senior Bowl coverage. Uh, we have a couple minutes if you want to jump in. 
Uh, someone asked in the app, we should. Uh, we I guess I could have asked Gun uh, where uh, Philip where he thought Gunner was going to play college football, but dude's only a freshman. It's probably a little premature. Like he said, he went from being named an All American to like the freshman basketball team, so probably a little bit of a dull. So the offers strategy. haven't come in yet. The uh, uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, um, it's about that time where high profile sure. guys are getting looks. I probably we could we probably could have gone there, but I also get the sense that Philip's not the type that really wants to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, talking about his kid on his team. Um, wonder if NC State will come in hard after him, following his dad's footsteps. I would assume that would be a natural reaction from NC State. They'd be foolish not to. Okay. Um, someone said in the app, I just hope DeBoer doesn't blame a terrible performance on the fact that he was recruiting and didn't have time to work on a game plan. <laughs> Sound like anybody we know? Mm, not personally. Not personally, but it Her does. Heard of, familiar with. Yeah. I can, uh, I see it. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to, uh, we're to our Mill Lake Golf Report, John Ricchetti. But then other than that, we're wide open, so we want to hear from you. 694-1055. How do we get, oh, so we were talking about Saban waiting 30 minutes to get into a restaurant. What's the, what's the max you're willing to wait to get into a, a restaurant? The, the consensus is 30 minutes. Uh, Bronner made a good point. There's there's a lot to factor in. Who, who, I think who you're with leads to your point. Who you're with, what you're in the mood for, how hungry are you. How bad you've wanted to eat at that place. Yeah. If you've already picked out a specific item from the menu that you want, where's the nearest place? Is it going to be the same case at other places? Yeah. And usually if I have to wait a long time and you're sitting there and you ask for a menu because you're killing time and you know exactly what you want, like I almost feel bad for the, the waiter that comes over because they're like, can I get you anything to drink? I was like, you can nope. get me everything. Here. <laughs> we know what we want. We're, <laughs> We're ordering the now. the whole deal right now. And they're like, oh. I think they would probably rather turn over tables quickly in that scenario. I would think so. I think we're probably doing them a favor. Unless you're backing up the kitchen. And if you well, watch The Bear on Hulu, you know what that's like. It's a nightmare. One of the issues, of course, is getting people to work for you and times you go into a restaurant and you'll see empty tables and wonder well, why can't i sit there well because we don't have enough help there all right so hit us up in the app of the three of us you had to wait on one of us at a restaurant who are you most likely looking forward to waiting on and which one would you rather not I wonder and where why? they're going to go with that. And why? I don't know. Levy giving out gift cards. Bronner just sit there and complain about everything. That's about not true. I'm very, I'm very courteous to back. wait staff. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Uh, Millite Golf Report. Stay with us. Ricchetti. Yes, Miller Light Golf Report. John Ricchetti, good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good, guys. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Are you surprised that Nick Dunlap decided to turn pro immediately and not play out the rest of the season? 
Well, uh, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a topic, a big topic. Uh, I was just on the way back. I'm on the way back today from the National PGA Golf Show down in Orlando. I've been there the last few days, and I was, obviously, that was a big topic of discussion throughout the, uh, you know, floor, on the floor of the show. And uh, But, no, I, I just, I mean, there's just really no reason for them uh, in my opinion, and most everybody's opinion in the media, that, that stays a sophomore. Um, There's just really no upside of him to stay to finish out the season at Alabama. Uh, I think everything pointed to turn pro, all the perks of the winning last week and so forth, and uh, he's going to get in all the elevated events, the, the majors and so forth, and uh, I just think that was, uh, in my opinion, uh, the proper thing, the, the the best thing to do was to go ahead and turn pro. It's one thing to be an amateur, and very rarely have you ever won a PGA, but now you're going to play on the, the big guy tour, as you did last time. But this time, does the pressure amp up now? I mean, when you go into an amateur, you're playing with house money. But what about being a, a professional now? And, you know, this this is your livelihood, and your first one at Pebble Beach. What What's he going to be facing? I think he's going to be fine. I mean, listen, the guy is is a, uh, a remarkable player. I mean, he's won the national, you know, the U.S. Junior. Then he followed it up. You know, he wins the U.S. Amateur, and uh, he won a lot of big time amateur events this summer. And the next thing you know, he wins a tour event. So, I I think based on his uh, his track record. And how he's played, I think he's going to do real well on, in professional golf. So uh, I don't see uh, anything. I mean, you know, back to the college thing. I mean, Lee, can you imagine him playing, you know, going back out there? And I know Alabama opens up, the, I think, their season in a few weeks down in Destin at Florida State Tournament uh, at Camp Creek. I, I think uh, – I just think he'd have kind of like an arrow. I'm not saying an arrow on his back, but everybody be – you know, how I beat him. I beat him, and then they go. If he doesn't win, you know, I just don't see. You know, he'd be ridiculed because he, you know he's not winning at at the college level, and he won on the tour. So I think there's no upside, and there's really nothing for him to stay at the. And I'm an Alabama fan, uh, and this is, by the way, this is a big blow to the golf. I mean, to the golf team because with Nick Dunlop in in the lineup. I think they had a legitimate shot at contending in the NCAA championship. I'm not going to say, uh, you know, they're going to win it, but they're a top 20 team, and with him in it, uh, they had a chance that they got into match play at the NCAA championship. Without him, it's going to be a little, it's going to be a tougher road. I'm not saying they can't do it, but one guy, especially your marquee player in college golf, is huge, huge loss uh, for them. But uh, they still got enough firepower there and uh, i wish nick Bell. i know him well i know the family uh my son knows him really well uh we played some junior golf with him back in the day but uh he's gonna do really really well on the professional uh, professional scene and he would have been at the farm farm bureau this week uh at tory pines where steven yeager is your leader at 12 under par uh through two days and this is going to conclude Tomorrow, guys, as, as the PGA Tour will not go head-to-head with the NFL playoff on Sunday. So they started on Wednesday. They're going to end tomorrow at Torrey Pines. Robbie Shelton making the cut there. 
uh, continues. Uh, he's at five under par, so he's in good shape. Hopefully he can have a good weekend and pick up a big check. So a lot going on in the world of golf, obviously, and uh, looking forward to it. I, I hear rumors that we're going to see Tiger here uh, coming back to play here in the next few weeks, so looking forward to it. Uh, golf's in a good spot right now, guys. Thank you, Johnny. We'll talk to you next Monday when we're at our Senior Bowl headquarters. Have a great weekend, okay? Yes, take care, guys. Really want to thank uh, Chavez Furniture. He's talked step up to the plate and hit a home run with us as our title sponsor for our Senior Bowl coverage beginning at the Convention Center next Monday from 6 to 9 a.m. and then in the afternoon, Monday through Thursday from 3 to 6. And then the following Monday, uh, you get a chance to go out and meet Corey and Nick in person. They'll both be uh, doing their afternoon show at Chavez Furniture. We will be doing... As far as our Senior Bowl coverage, a pre-Senior Bowl game coverage next Saturday, Mark, from 9 to 11. We want to thank presenting sponsors like Greer's Markets, uh, Joe Bullard Chevrolet. As I remind everybody, Joe used to play, one time played in the Senior Bowl, D&K Suit Discounters, and a Rich's Car Wash. Yeah, I want to thank, uh, obviously, our Chavez uh, Furniture Senior Bowl coverage ramps up. It's been going on all, all week, but it ramps up for sure on Monday. But we have so many people to thank for making this coverage possible every year. Uh, I want to thank Brad over at Pat Industrials and Auto Supply. Uh, the folks over at the Orthopedic Group have been great. Ward International, always appreciate them coming aboard. LNS Air, of course. Uh, Hal Hayes uh, with Ultra Wash of Mobile and AFS Foundations. Uh, there's so many people to thank, and we will continue to do so throughout the course of our Senior Bowl coverage. Real looking forward to getting out there. It's going to be a great event, a great week, and an unbelievable roster. Now, you guys have, we asked you if you had to wait on one of us at a restaurant, who would it be? And you guys have uh, have jumped all over this topic. Um, well, you'd be crazy if you didn't select me. Why is that? Go ahead and pitch. Because we tip well. You do you. Oh, that's, yeah. that's one of the big questions. Yeah, never less than 20%, sometimes more. And I've been with some of the luncheons we've had where – the tip probably could put somebody through college the first year, and I'm exaggerating a little bit. I would hope no, so. No matter, so yes. no matter what happens, the wrong food, the wrong this, the wrong that, that's happened. I don't complain, and we always wow. tip. We always tip. So I would say, I don't know about you guys. See, that's not fair. I don't know what you guys do when you go out. Do you always tip 20%? I, I, tip, I tip well. I tip okay, well. Okay, well, then you're uh, in the mix. What I, will say, I will say, though, here's the thing. Uh the, the one thing that people might have a problem with, though, is that even if you tip well, that you may not be ordering enough food. Your ticket price overall would then hinder their ability to make money because you're not ordering as much. So, well, then you have me beat because you have more in the family to feed. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You have five, whereas uh, I go out and it's usually four or less. Well, I mean, one of them's never here and in Birmingham. Well, so. you can include them. Just buy a meal and so, so, so you've you've already you've already uh, shot down one theory that you don't tip. Michael, would you like to give? Uh, would you like to react to that? Michael's probably extra picky. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, I don't. I, I responded to that. I think. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I, I don't think book. I've ever sent anything back. Like maybe ever. There had to be something seriously wrong with whatever I ordered to to send it back. Uh, you know, I. I don't think that's. I don't have a problem with that though. 
I don't have a problem with sending it back if it's no, a total I know you mistake. Don't. <laughs> no, if it's a total mistake. Yeah. Yeah, if like you get a completely different item. Right. Than, if than you ordered the chicken and, 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 and you yeah, know, you're the getting fish steak or yeah. yeah, right. I don't know if they uh, that's rare. Though. That's rare though that it's. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And one of my travels with South Alabama, I'm not going to name the name, but well, it was a coach. But we were at this really nice restaurant down in Tampa. And I just thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen at a restaurant. So they brought the individual, the soup, and immediately he sent it back. It was too cold. They brought the, the, the waitress brought his beer, and he sent it back. It was too warm. So then she brings the main course, and the coach, oh, as she puts it down, before she places it totally on the table, she says, do you want me to take it back? Oh, yes. Yikes. Uh, I think I was, she had enough. I was stifling my laugh at that. It was really a great line by a this waitress. Is, I feel like this is your version of the coming to the coming to America in the barbershop about the the waiter and the joke. You probably don't remember that one. The only time the soup is the soup. Will you taste the soup? Is the soup too hot? No, no, no. Just taste the soup. OK, where's the spoon? Aha. The only time lately... That was the cliff note version, Bronner. I didn't have time to go full. Now, what would you do in this case, okay? So I was telling you it's Father's Day. It's up in Canton, Georgia. My son takes us to a restaurant, which was obvious. Well, first of all, there aren't many restaurants open on this day, but it's a popular restaurant. You could tell it was pretty well filled up. So we sat at the bar, the three of us, all right? So they take our order. We gave our order. No problem there. They had a bartender. And we're waiting and waiting and there were people who came in after us who ordered got waited on first and actually finished their meal before we got our meal even though we had beaten them into the uh, restaurant so we're still waiting there we're looking at over an hour and we've already ordered probably 40 minutes prior Mm -hmm. still no food then that's when we called over and said like what's the deal going on the bartender was pretty nice the lady manager came out was just the opposite she was not very nice really we finally got waited on i told uh, my wife i said look you take care of this with the credit card i don't want any part of this okay so i left found out the manager came out and gave all our meal for free didn't even charge us so that? we left a big tip though so that was a big that was a big win for you i nah, mean you're i was, out some I time, was so disgusted not only did you leave your wife there to fight your battles you also got a free meal out of it well i wasn't expecting so that miss barbara's well. the real warrior right here. she tipped well but i i was just too frosted i just couldn't handle it uh frosted. waiting over an hour or so and, and only because others had come in after us got their meal and left before we even got served that was a really strange day Mm. they were picking on you father's day on father's day yes Mm -mm -mm. but think of it this way you'll always remember i do father's day i don't remember the restaurant yeah i don't remember the restaurant but anyway neither here they are but uh yeah you had a good point though the more people you bring in the bigger tip of course, you know, a lot of times when you bring in more people, they, they have a required. They, they tell you what, you know, what, what the tip should be, or they put it there on the bill for you, make things easier. Well, you know, they're all about ma- we're all about making your life easier here at WNSP, Lee. You know, when you say things, too, like about, well, how much you order, I'm not the biggest eater in the world. No, you're not. 
But every, no matter what, you're still going to pay pretty much an average price, no matter what you order. If you ever look at even the appetizers these days, I went to a restaurant the other day. The appetizer was $18. <laughs> we just wind Lee up and let him go, let man. Him go. Just let him go. Mm-hmm. Lee's finishing strong here on a Friday. Uh, a reminder, if you missed any of our interviews, we had some good ones today. Paul Feinbaum joined us, Ben Thomas on uh, the Ryan Williams thing, Philip Rivers. Um, by the way, someone had voted uh, uh, George Spurlock of Presley Roofing as the guy they wanted to wait on. I don't Because? I don't know. I guess because his, his funny and friendly disposition, I guess. So kudos to you, George. Or um, if they had an issue with their roof, there'd be somebody to go to. Sure, sure. You never know when in the middle of your meal you, at the restaurant you, you're, you're going to need a roofer, I guess. Um but if you missed any of those interviews, I- encourage you to uh, go to WNSP now, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Uh, we post all our stories. And I don't say this enough. You really do need to be following us on social media, on Facebook. Uh, we're on uh, X at 105.5 WNSP Instagram. Uh, get the l- latest and greatest. Like, like Lee does, like following us on all the social media. Never miss it. Yeah. Uh, so Monday, guys, we are at the convention center. Uh, we will uh, we will try to get you as much. Obviously, we'll recap uh, the NFL and all, all that, but uh, we will start trying to we, we pounce on senior bowlers. Yeah, and talk about pouncing. We are the, we're so glad that Michael Bronner is going to join us because he's told me he's going to track down any player we want. Who's going to be the first one you're going to bring to us, Michael? He appears to be on the phone. I see. He got out of that one pretty good. Or, or maybe he just doesn't want to talk no, I to think us he anymore. Just, I think so he, he just picked picked it up. up the phone to make yeah, it I don't want. Like I don't want to answer that. I don't want to be held responsible for that. It's like in uh, Christmas vacation. Give me somebody, anybody, and give me somebody while I wait. Uh, you know, you bring up. We brought up about Nick Saban waiting thirty minutes, which I found interesting because he's not the most patient person. So we're told, but now that he's retired and so forth. But many times when I was at the uh, spring meetings down in Destin. Whenever the coach, whenever Nick Saban came out of a coach's meeting, he always had the cell phone to his ear. And I often wondered if he just did that on purpose so no media members would go up to him. That way he could avoid them. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. One final break. Let's take it. Uh, we can come back. You guys can jump in. Uh, we've pretty much already set the table. All right. So I need you guys out there. I need your all's help because I feel like Michael's probably too young and Lee. Too old. Not too old, but just really doesn't care about the type of movies I watch. If you had, I need your thoughts on upcoming releases. Specifically, last yesterday, the Roadhouse reboot with Jake Gyllenhaal. The preview came. The trailer was released. Better potentially or worse than Beverly Hills Cop Four? Lee's already got it. Lee's oh, already got it. That's a, an easy one. That's that is a, that's like that's so easy. What what? Well, save it. Save I will. it. That is an easy. Save one. it. I'll get your thoughts. That's a softball. Michael doesn't even know what we're talking about. I'm pretty sure. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station. I thought you'd be bigger. Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. His car keys out on the table already. Look at you. You I'm got a hot date or something? Well, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Hey, y'all see a Prius. Follow that car. All right. So I threw you a softball. It's easy. Roadhouse. Far. 
easy and not even close. Is it because you love the first, the original, so much? No. <laughs> well, wait a minute. That's not fair. I like the first. Really? I just think there is more possibility of it being a little more creative than a fourth. Well, the flip side of that is it's a reboot, not a sequel. So they're just they're. I mean, it's the same story. Well, it's, it's different, based on the different same actors, story. different right. actresses. They're even using some of the same lines. Some of the I, most iconic Bron are some of the most iconic lines if, in Hollywood history. If I was forced to watch either, I would watch the Roadhouse. I don't. As far as the other one, I don't even know if I'd want to watch it. Eddie Murphy's back, right? Indeed he is. I, I don't see how many more themes they can come up with. I mean, Well, it, I mean, he's a Detroit cop. He goes to Beverly Hills. Oh, again. Yeah, again. Same this, same that. The theme, it's, it's kind of like with Indiana Jones, as much as I really like the first one, and even the second. But after a while, the, it, the plot's wore thin. Where's the creativity these days in Hollywood, well, or I mean, is there? There are only there? so many ways a man can use a whip to find ancient artifacts. True, I mean, but, they, for? but they keep coming up with sequels and reboots and things. Come up with something new. Hmm. Okay. But I easy, Roadhouse. All right, well, there's a listener in the app that says Roadhouse trailer looks awesome, so there you go. You know, I watched a movie last night. Okay, what'd you get? What'd you got? On Netflix, I uh, was Red Notice with The Rock uh, and Ryan Reynolds. I could have saved you the time. It was... Just terrible. It's awful. <laughs> and I'll watch. So you anything. saw it? Oh yeah. I will watch anything Ryan Reynolds is in. I watched it mostly for Ryan Reynolds. Terrible. I do not like Ryan awful. Reynolds. You don't like Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> I uh, love Ryan Reynolds. Not really. But and there was like fifty-five twists in that movie. It was, terrible. I, it was just terrible. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, they watched the whole thing though. They finished. Ra- they just wrapped uh, the last Deadpool uh, for those. Uh. I'm thinking this is not exactly my audience, but these two guys. But yes, Deadpool was wrapped, and um, Hugh Jackman and uh, both Ryan Reynolds, both both of them had uh, tweeted out about it. So, and yeah, I think everybody, even in the app, Red Notice was bad. It was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it really was bad. Like why any good. one of those people that did that movie looked at that script and said, "Yep." Well, The Rock probably got his quote. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think you you know. Awful. You could but put I appreciate the effort over here that you were watching a. a I did. I watched it only for content purposes yeah, today. Right. We're between like four movies. If it was so was bad, why'd you stick on. through it? I I like to finish what I started. When you yeah, start there are very few times in my life where I've just not finished. Also, like, what's the what's the time period that you shut it off? Like Ten 20 minutes. Twenty minutes. Like, see, you can't you can't do that. Ten minutes, you and can't I'm do off. That. Really? Yeah. I switch around there a lot. Are, there are a lot of movies that start slow and build. Well, to the what's big. your favorite movie, Lee? Favorite. <laughs> yes. I can't. I don't know if I have a favorite. Hmm. There's certain movies I would watch more than once, but very few. Hoosiers would be one. Mm. Elf. Mean, that started a little slow. Ain't gonna lie. Elf. Elf. Yeah. See, I got to break. I was them in reading categories. yesterday. We were watching a movie yesterday with James Caan, mm-hmm. who played Elf's dad. <laughs> and Elf. I, I was right. I when I watch a movie now, I spend a lot of time York. googling, and. Trying to figure out certain areas of the movie and and down the road, and you know the late James Connie passed away I think about two years ago, and I was really surprised to see that he and Will Ferrell, according to the Google, didn't get along at all, and that when they first met, James Con told Will Ferrell, "I don't think you're very funny." Hmm. <laughs> I, I was just amazed, and then. 
the follow-up, like, why did they never do a sequel? And according to Google, Will Ferrell was offered something like $29 million and really turned it down. Think about that, turning down that kind of money just to play an elf. Well, I think he can appreciate the novelty of the original and, and did not want to taint the reputation of such a fine motion well, picture. Well, apparently there was – we watch a movie and we think all is good, but apparently behind the scenes, all was not so good. He's like uh, – what's that guy's name? Leonard Moulton from Entertainment Tonight way back in the day. Dude just, just goes, gets, gets, gets caught in that rabbit hole yeah. and just keeps going. Apparently yeah. there was some discord between the director, <laughs> Will, and James Caan. <laughs> All right, so Elf is his favorite movie. They could have called me. I would have done it for ten grand. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Mm, maybe Goodfellas. Yeah, because a good like your favorite movie may not be the movie that you watch a thousand times. Yeah. Like some just aren't aren't you just can't do. There's some movies you just can't do. Like you pick it up in the middle when it's on TNT or TBS or whatever. There are a lot of them you can. I'm not sure Goodfellas is one of them. Maybe. It, it was entertaining. In my search. I never looked at a driveway the same way again. I can tell you that. In my you know search saying? with James Caan in the Google part. We're still on this, huh? He referenced where he <laughs> – that Joe Pesci owed a lot of money to a hotel uh -huh. and that James Caan went and beat him up. You could do a podcast, Lee. I know you're always talking about podcasts. You could just do like these random like movie rants. Shervanian's thoughts yeah. on various topics. Showtime with Shervanian. Wedding Crashers is another one I'd watch again. <laughs> it's like you didn't even hear it. She's <laughs> just going. I uh, said podcasts. I will never get involved in stuff like that. Well, you're basically monologuing right now. It's all a podcast is when you're doing a one-man podcast. You don't get interrupted by uh, people like us. Well, there's something to be wedding, said for that. Wedding Crashers is he's he's got us on mute anyway. He's yeah. just he's just We're, going. He hears us, but he ain't listening. He's just going. He, all he hears is white noise. No, Next I thought. I Next actually thought. do Next listen. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm gonna right follow up on it, but I listen. So where are you going? You got big plans. The keys are just there. Like you're gonna no, I have to go. I know the only reason is I have to go out in the car and get some things to bring back to the station. Gotcha. Okay, well be careful out there. It's nasty. Hey, Bronner, have a good weekend, sir. Hey, you too. Hey, guys, thank you all for uh, making us a part of your morning and your week, man. We always enjoy hanging out with you guys, so we appreciate the back and forth in the app and on the phone and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be, uh, you know, have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday where we uh, recap the NFL playoffs and we talk Senior Bowl from the convention center. Have a great weekend until Monday at 6. See ya.